1: sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Upstairs, on the second floor of our new beautiful home, well, I say new, we've been there about six months, but there are suitcases, (laughs) and there's clothing everywhere, I mean everywhere, as my um, little girl, my firstborn, my big girl now, Ava, gets set to leave this time tomorrow morning. This time tomorrow morning, her and my beautiful wife Danielle will be on the way to the airport, and uh, she out, she gone, on the way to Wales. I mean, we're not talking about Northeastern and Boston, folks. You know, we're not talking about University of Miami and Coral Gables. My daughter's going to Wales, leaving the country. It's even hard to get there. Again, as I told you many times, Danielle and Abel will fly into London and then, after that, take a two-hour train ride from London to Wales. And it's uh, it's killing me. It's getting closer and closer. And I, I just, last night, uh, Ava just hugged me. You know, I don't know where I'm down. And she said, um, you know, I love you, Dad. I said, I love you, too. I said, but don't say goodbye today. It's only Wednesday. I'm going to be a mess on Friday morning. I have a lot to talk about. Donald Trump, Letitia James, Vladimir Putin, Joe Biden, Aaron Judge. I can't do this right now. I can't do it. And then... Uh, well, Danielle yelled at me, of course, and I told her I loved her back, and and that was it. So, so I'm not I'm not having an easy time with this. I know a lot, a lot of you parents out there. And if Bernie was here, Bernard, he would be saying, "Oh, stop, suck it up. This is what happens. It's the evolution. The the kids grow up. They go to college. It's a beautiful thing." Yeah,
3: you're suck not it. having
2: that. Just suck it. Yeah, shut up.
3: <laughs> shut up. I'm going to cry. Up. Yeah. <laughs> just leave me alone. God.
2: So today I'll be a mess all day. Tomorrow morning, the beginning of this show, it's going to be brutal. I'm, I'm warning you right now it's going to be brutal. If you're one of those uh, you know, jerks out there that just wants to hear about Trump all day and don't care about Sid's wife or kids, I want to hear about it, I um, recommend you don't listen. Well, of course you'll listen. you listen to every word I say. You can't help it because you know I'm great. But um, at least uh, go on Facebook and tell people you don't care and I'm not going to listen and who cares about Sid's dopey kid and all that nonsense. So now, the next two days, it's not going to be easy. And I, I say that with no remorse and uh, zero apologies. It's just um, I'm going to miss her. So, Anyway, you guys can't really understand this because Macedonia Phil doesn't have any children. He's a child himself. Justin Ellick, the same applies. And uh, Lewis doesn't have any children. By the way, it doesn't mean that you folks don't love kids or can't appreciate kids, but unless you're a parent, you really can't understand the uh, the dynamic and all that stuff. Yeah, I hate kids. What is that? Sorry. Did you say you hate kids?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't like them. He realized his microphone was
4: on. Was I... I'm Why would you on, say I'm something yeah, like that right, right now? I mean, geez. It's, it's like the it's a worst very emotional possible moment. thing you could say. Right, just, you know, right. I'm trying to ease,
5: uh, ease the tension a little bit. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's well, not I, easing anything. Well,
3: I feel yeah. better.
5: I hate kids. <laughs> I hate kids. God, well, children, up. you know. Well, right. she's she, and she's not oh, really no. a kid in here. She's no, a, she's,
2: she's an, an adult. She's a kid. So, again, I can't explain it to you guys because you don't get it because you're not parents. Right? You're not stupid. You're just not parents. But she's always my kid. I mean, I have vivid memories. When Ava was born, for example, Danielle... She had no idea how to change a diaper, none of that stuff. And I have so many nephews and nieces, such a huge family I've got, that I dove in right away. And I was the first to change Ava's diaper. She made duty in my face, pee-pee in my face, Mm. threw up in my face. Mm. All these are beautiful things. See see what you're missing, Phil? Beautiful things. Yeah, I'm envious. By the way, they are beautiful things, all kidding aside. Now she's 18 on her way to college and (laughs) going to do huge, huge things. And you think back to when she was just a little baby. And uh, me and Danielle doing all those things, and I know it sounds crazy. And, again, you can't appreciate it because you're a moron and you don't have any kids. No, you <laughs> just, you're no, not a moron. No, just, you you yeah. completely changed yeah, Phil's no, you're mind. You're just an idiot. I mean, God.
5: <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh,
3: duty in uh, my face, just, but it's a beautiful day. Yeah,
5: This, is, this, first, is, this uh, is 30 seconds after
2: saying, uh, you're, you're not stupid, fine. you're just not okay, parents. Okay, yeah, yeah, you
4: just said I'm not stupid, now uh, I'm a moron. You're a
2: moron, you yeah, are. No. First-timest moment yeah. of the day right there. That's your first-timest moment of the day, right there.
4: Sponsored
3: by?
2: Write right it, down. Right down. Right. it down. Hey, you know what? Talk about I, miss. I had a discussion with a Leslie Slender yesterday, and she is only a couple of days removed, oh, a beautiful sales lady, just a couple of days removed from talking to one Charles McCord. And uh, there is a possibility, not a probability, but a possibility that Charles McCord will call in tomorrow. How great would that be, Lewis? All right. Let's, why
3: don't we uh, come up with the percentages?
2: I would say, uh, according to Leslie, she doesn't exaggerate a lie. 50-50. No McCord,
3: way. Yeah. Not a – Yeah. She no just spoke to him three good. days ago.
2: So what? He's going to call in. Okay. Why wouldn't he call in? I you didn't say, no
3: say why wouldn't he. I'm just
2: giving. You that just said no way. 50-50 means why no way, Lou?
3: I I, I said no way to 50-50. I didn't say no way. You think way the would... odds are lower? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say. Oh, you
2: bastards. I mean, so far you made fun of me, I love, and missing my kid. Oh, okay. Now you're giving me no chance of talking to Charles McCord. Okay, Charles, talk to you tomorrow. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, there God. you go. Can't wait. Well, us <laughs> oh, not change the subject. Let's go to Trump. <laughs> Let's just talk about Trump.
3: Let's give him 705. I'm yeah. sure he'll be right on time.
2: So, well, <laughs> yesterday, the Attorney General... Folks, I have to tell you, the Attorney General is an important job, right? You live in New York... The crime is skyrocketing in this city, in this state. It is out of control. Out of control. And ideally, ideally, you would want your attorney general, this dope Letitia James, out there doing stuff like that, fighting crime, right? Um, Or bringing more lawsuits to Andrew Cuomo, who did not show up yesterday, shocker, shocker, with the nursing home scandal. So ideally, you want your AG worrying about crime, in the state, not worrying about how to defend banks. Letitia James, your attorney general, is now out there defending banks, which, (laughs) last I checked, they got a lot of money. They don't need Letitia James. Now, why is she defending banks, you ask? I'll tell you why. She has now levied a $250 million civil lawsuit against President Trump. Why is it civil? There's no crime. She would have loved to file a criminal lawsuit. There is no crime. So she concocted, she conjured up this $250 million civil lawsuit where she accuses President Trump of overvaluing some of his assets in an attempt to borrow money from the banks. Now, what's wrong with that? Who should make that determination? The banks. If the banks figured out, or if they were you know, upset that Donald Trump overvalued some of these assets, they never would have lent him the money. That's their job, right? You You want to go borrow money from the bank? They ask you every question, everything. They do an anal probe like you've never gotten before. They just do. So the banks clearly... We're okay with what Trump said because they lent him the money. And since they lent Donald Trump the money, they got paid back every penny. There are no mortgages on these properties. The banks got paid back every penny. There is no issue. But this idiot, Letitia James, has been working for two years trying to find a way to get Donald Trump. The witch hunt, which started the day he came down the escalator, continues with this nonsensical lawsuit. But not only is it nonsensical, she's our attorney general. And again, we live in a city and a state that is overrun with crime. And she has wasted her time. She has wasted your time, our time, for years on this witch hunt and comes out yesterday embarrassing herself. Embarrassing New York State, and quite frankly, embarrassing you with this lawsuit. This has nothing to do with my affinity for President Trump, which I've got. I've done a complete 180. Now I'm at the very head of the Trump bandwagon, the fan club. I've gone past Bernie, I think. Nothing to do with it. But Letitia James should be embarrassed about what she did yesterday. So if you missed it, she stood up there. All proud of herself. This is Letitia James, number 11, announcing these embarrassing charges against Donald Trump. Lewis, Letitia James, number 11.
6: I am announcing that today we are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law as part of his efforts to generate profits for himself, his family, and his company. The complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. The complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. He did this with the help of the other defendants, his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump.
2: So there she names all three of his kids. And again, if he did any of this, that responsibility was on the bank. Hey, Donnie, we're not lending you that money. We have figured out you've overvalued your eyes. The bank said okay, and they got paid back. So what exactly is Letitia James doing? Wasting time. Here's more of Letitia James, this waste of an attorney general, cut number 12.
6: White-collar financial crime is not a victimless crime. When the well-connected break the law, to take in more money that they are entitled to, it reduces resources to working people, to regular people, to small businesses, and to all taxpayers. (laughs) There cannot be different rules for different people in this country or in this state. Agreed. And former presidents are no different.
3: Right. Including Obama. And so
6: today we are making good. On that promise, on our commitment. Because no one, no one, is above the law.
2: She Trump is engaged
6: in years of illegal conduct. Goodbye. She's
2: really embarrassing herself right there. This is, this is like Jim Comey. Remember when Jim Comey came out on that July afternoon? Uh, he was uh, the head of the FBI, and he spent about 25 minutes explaining in detail why Hillary Clinton was guilty of uh, basically bleaching those 33,000 emails and not cooperating with the FBI. And then after 25 minutes of why she's guilty, he said, okay, but we're not going to do anything about it. (laughs) It was embarrassing. This is on that same level. This lawsuit, again, based on nothing. There's nothing there. This two-year witch hunt and the fact that she had to levy something just to save some face, standing up there all serious like she just solved world peace, embarrassing. So, of course, President Donald Trump had his thoughts on this lawsuit. He was on with Sean Hannity, Fox News, last night. It was a great conversation. They discussed everything, but we'll take these cuts specifically about the Letitia James ridiculous lawsuit. Lewis, this is, um, once again, Sean Hannity, Fox News, President Trump, cut number 18.
7: I actually thought that they would never bring a case, and she brought it. And the reason I thought, because she didn't have a case. Uh, I was of the impression she wanted to settle. But I had a problem, because how do you pay something, even if it's a small amount of money, if you're not guilty? This was just a continuation of a witch hunt that began when I came down the escalator at Trump Tower with our, who would know, our great future first lady who's done a great job and people love her, but we came down the escalator, and it started.
2: One more here from Donald Trump number 19. He's asking the question, Letitia James, what does she know?
7: I mean, you look at this asset. She has this down at $75 million. I can tell you, it's many times that number. She said, oh, he valued it at 75 or whatever it was, or she valued it at 75 What does Letitia James know? But if I were going... I don't have a mortgage on this property. If I was going to put a mortgage on this property, the institutions are going to be coming over. They're going to go through comparable properties all over Palm Beach or whatever it is, wherever it may be, Miami. We have them all over. We have tremendous properties. And again, we have very little debt. The debt we did have, it was was paid, current. The banks made a lot of money. She's trying to defend banks that got paid off. She's trying to defend banks that had... Unbelievable legal talent. I will tell you that. They're very good. Yeah, she's trying to
2: defend banks. Makes no sense. So, of course, Letitia James is the attorney general here in New York. Bill Barr was Donald Trump's attorney general. And those two guys, as you know, have had major differences along the way. Not exactly the best of friends anymore. But even Bill Barr came to Trump's defense, talked about how ridiculous this
4: lawsuit is. His former AG, Bill Barr. Lewis, this is Bill Barr, number 15. She brought this as a civil case. This is not a criminal case. And to me, that says that she doesn't have the evidence to make a criminal case. So she's setting a lower bar and bringing this civil case. I don't think it's going to go any further. There you have it, folks. Letitia James embarrassing once again
2: herself, the state and the country. Donald Trump defending himself on Sean Hannity and Bill Barr saying Letitia James has nothing. Huge guest list about to come your way on this Bernie and Sid Thursday. We get it going with Curtis Slewa live in studio at 640. Then Curtis's weekend mate, Anthony Weiner, live in studio coming up at 705. Then we'll talk to former great New York Met manager Bobby Valentine. He's coming up at 740 as the Mets have officially made the playoffs for the first time in six years. 840, the highlight of the week by a distance, Bill O'Reilly. 9:05. Either former Governor George Pataki or famous defense attorney Joe Tacopina, and the star of Who's the Boss, a great entertainer Tony Danza, coming up at 9:25. Huge Thursday morning show. 1-800-848-WABC.
8: 1-800-848-9222. Ava, Daddy loves you. More of me,
2: Sid Rosenberg, but right
8: into this. For I'll be there in my daughter's
6: eyes. If you have- an accident. Trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law Today, 800 560 214 for a free consultation. Or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G A B O Law.com. Gabo Law. where winning is no accident.
1: On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Last Saturday, you had a terrific interview with, uh, with Sid Rosenberg. When I saw Sid on Sunday, he ran over to me. Uh, with his huh. phone in hand, and said, "Did you see my interview with Brian Kilmeade last night?" I said, uh, "No, I didn't get to watch it. You got to watch it right now, right now, and share it." He was very proud of that.
2: Frank Marano and Brian Kilmeade last night. I was very proud of that. I was on uh, Brian's One Nation show on Fox News last Saturday night. And uh, the clip where I called Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Texas Governor Greg Abbott heroes went viral. Fox News tweeted it three consecutive days. Hundreds of thousands of hits on that segment. And I must say, I looked really good. tan that orange jacket I bought at uh, Anthony's place, the garage. White, really starch white shirt. Look great. Even uh, Judge Janine was uh, a little flabbergasted when she replaced me on the set. So well, thank you, Frank Marano. We'll see Frank Marano later on tonight out on Staten Island. I saw him walking in this morning. New York One did a whole segment on the beautiful stadium out on Staten Island. We were on Sunday. We were all there last Sunday. Me, my beautiful wife Danielle, my son Gabriel, John and Margot Katzamitidis, Chad Lopez, Emily Pankow, John Jr., and a host of thousands showed up uh, Sunday for the last season, the last game of the season for the uh, Barry Hawks. And Eric Scheffler, who's one of the guys that runs a team, Eric, along with my um, my dear friend uh, Gary Perone, Sheffler did a whole thing on New York One this morning on the Staten Island Stadium. The Ferry Hawks, Kelsey Whitmore, the female on the team, the venue, how they're going to have concerts and events all year long. Baseball season is over, but it's not over in terms of events at that gorgeous stadium on the water on Staten Island. So later on tonight, we're going to have the very first ever, first ever Spotlight Foundation for Dysproxia DCD. My son Gabriel, he's got Dysproxia the first ever charity softball game. We don't expect a huge crowd tonight. That's okay. If you live on Staten Island, 7 o'clock tonight, you've got nothing to do, come on down. Uh, some of the proceeds from the tickets will go directly to the charity, which is a 501c charity from my son, uh, uh, inspired by my son, I should say. And uh, we'd love to see you out there. Frank will be out there, me. Uh, Obviously, a lot of the WABC staff, guys like Chris Momondo and Peter Gordio from Gravesend, a couple of guys from the Gemini Lounge movie, maybe a couple of guys from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Chad Lopez is going to be out there. It's going to be a fun night, folks, right out there at that gorgeous stadium on the water, John Katzmatini Stadium in Staten Island, coming out tonight at about 6.30. We'll play the game at 7, and if it goes well, we'll do a huge, huge Charity celebrity softball game next season. So we did the Letitia James Donald Trump stuff. But the other huge story, and the one that is on the cover of today's New York Post, is Vladimir Putin. They show these are Russian soldiers dragging a Ukrainian man out of somewhere. And it reads Putin's horrifying escalation. Vlad Omen threatens use of nukes. I'm not bluffing. Bans young men from leaving Russia forcibly drafts 300,000 to Ukraine. And we do know, based on history, when Russia starts to escalate in the way they've done the last couple of days, you've got World War I and you've got World War II. So this is, uh, this is a bad omen. Now, there are still a lot of folks that think Putin is bluffing. But like Peter King said on this show yesterday, and Peter, uh, of course, spent a lot of time with Homeland Security you cannot take it as a bluff. you got to take this guy at his word and take him seriously. So this was Vladimir Putin, I guess, yesterday. It's a translator, obviously. I'm making the threat that we've got nuclear weapons, and if we have to, we'll use them. Lewis, this is Putin, cut number one.
1: I want to remind those who allow themselves such statements about Russia that our country also has a variety of weapons of destruction. And if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will, without question, use all the means at our disposal to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff.
2: This is not a bluff. So what you want then is when the President of the United States happens to speak the same day that Vladimir Putin basically threatens the world, you would love to have a guy like Trump at the U.N. say, come on, Vlad, baby, bring it on, right? But, of course, we know that if Donald Trump was still president, we know this because he did serve four years, Putin would not be doing this, right? He didn't do it when Trump was president. He couldn't wait for Joe Biden to take over. So Biden. This inept old fool actually spoke at the U.N. yesterday. Yesterday was the big day the president's going to speak. And he addressed these Vladimir Putin threats. And he did not come off very tough. Here is uh, Joe Biden, number two, talking specifically about the
9: Putin threat. President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the Non-Proliferation regime. Now, Russia is calling, calling up more soldiers to join the fight. And the Kremlin is organizing right. a sham referenda to try to annex parts of Ukraine. <laughs> An extremely yeah. <coughs> significant <laughs> violation of the yeah. U.N. Charter. Right.
2: Like he cares. You think He's, He cares. He
9: sounds like, a, you know, in, in,
3: on a front porch, your old uncle. Yes. Re- like like Henry Fonda. Telling us. St- yeah. On, on, on Golden, Golden Pond. Pond. Yeah. That's him.
2: Yeah, I know. 40 years ago know. when I was president, uh, that son of a man, uh, uh, There's
3: an area called I mean, Russia that's kind of threatening. It's us.
2: humiliating. <laughs> then he goes on to say, Joe Biden, that he doesn't really like violence. Here is uh,
9: President Joe Biden, (laughs) cut number three. I reject the use of violence and war to conquer nations or expand borders through bloodshed. (laughs) To stand against global politics of fear and coercion. To defend the sovereign rights of smaller nations as equal to those of larger ones. To embrace basic principles like freedom of navigation, respect for international law, and arms control. No matter what else we may disagree on, that is the common ground upon which we must stand. You know, I watched a lot of that this morning. I mean, obviously, I was
2: focused on the ridiculous Letitia James lawsuit with Donald Trump. But I watched a lot of Joe Biden. And the only thing I could really think of was,
3: God help us. Really, God help us! What What do you think the other countries were sitting there with their oh, headphones on? You kidding me? Thinking, they were on? They
5: were asleep. they, yeah. were, they were sleeping. Very. Vladimir is,
3: Putin loves it. How do How do I change the channel? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how do I get the uh, music? Is
2: Sirius on here too? Because this old
3: man is still talking. I don't. I don't there know. What's, he is. I, I don't know how this works.
2: Ay There he is, folks. <laughs> you voted that man in eighty million votes. Charge. Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it's time for the seventy seven WABC clip of the day. Listen to Protecting America. This is with Rita Cosby on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Here, Rita talks with Lee Cohen about the U.S.-U.K. relations in a post-Queen Elizabeth world.
10: Joining us now is Lee Cohen. He was an advisor on Great Britain to the U.S. House of Representatives Foreign Affairs Committee. What do you think is in store for U.S.-British relationships now with King Charles?
11: He's had the great blessing of 70 years observing his mother in action those experiences and the wisdom that he gained from watching her so closely will shape a reign that turns out to be very successful
1: this is sid on sports oh my goodness sponsored by fearless boilers on 77 wabc
5: well Yeah, it is your bottom of the hour sports update. I am Justin Ellick here with it. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water. Here, just go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are. America's best-built boilers, the Yanks. They did what they were supposed to do with the Pittsburgh Pirates as they completed the short two-game sweep last night with their convincing 14-2 win in the Bronx. Aaron Judge did not homer, but the big slugger bolstered his triple crown chances with two doubles nonetheless. It was Gleyber Torres who provided the long ball lust of the evening with the ultra-rare two-home run inning and an eight-run eighth for the Bombers. But not before Oswaldo Cabrera threw his hat into the ring. You guessed it. A first-inning grand salami to get the Bombers off and running. Hydra, right field, going back down, locking up,
1: see ya, a grand slam for Cabrera, 4 nothing Yankees.
5: That call courtesy of Michael K and the Yes Network. I have agreed to eat a salami sandwich every time that the Yankees hit a grand salami. Whew, thank God. Yes. Yay. So I've had two salami sandwiches in the past two days, and uh, they're delicious.
3: Great. Stay in that
5: studio, please. You, yeah, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Luis Severino showed out in his return from the IL. And the Yanks head into a four-game set with the Red Sox. Feeling good. Game one of that series set for tonight, seven fifteen. 15 Jameson Tyon set to take the hill. Now for the Mets, there's good news and bad news. Bad news is they got routed by the Brewers in Milwaukee by a score of six to nothing. But the good news is the Braves they couldn't take care of the lowly Nationals at home in Atlanta. So New York's lead in the NL East remains at one game. Just four hits to speak of last night for the Orange and Blue, and they'll try and snap out of it in Oakland come tomorrow night after an off day today. And looking ahead to Week Three, of you're still young but also moving way too fast, NFL season. Steelers and Browns will open up the Week Three slate tonight in Cleveland for Thursday Night Football kickoff set for 8:15 p.m. Eastern time locally. The Jets are five and a half point dogs at home against the Bengals at one at Sunday at one, and the Giants will try and stay perfect on Monday night as one point favorites against the visiting Cowboys. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Again, thanks to Peerless spoilers Pavilion Tankless Water. Here as I am, Justin Ellick on 77 WABC
8: the digital dollar could give the feds control of
12: your money get the digital dollar report call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from priority gold to protect your money or just go to digitaldollarreport.com please note the information
1: provided does not constitute financial or investment advice i want to rock Earning and sit in the morning Whoa! on the red apple podcast network
2: Not only do folks text me all day long to come on this show, number one in New York, now they ask for their own music, too. Yeah, we'll right. <laughs> Curtis Sliwa-Sheik, good times. One piece of news that I must report. We did have Governor Hopeful Lee Zeldin on this show yesterday. Lee's a good friend. And uh, Kathy Hochul has agreed to one debate. One. One. October the 25th <laughs> at Pace University, New York one a collection of fat people and racists. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be carrying that debate for you. That was a uh, channel, by the way, Corda said, you were on a lot, which was disappointing, but I guess you needed the press, right, I guess? 13
0: years. uh, My partner, Herson Barrero. Yeah. And then they decided I was just, I was affecting the snowflakes there. They were getting traumatized by Ah, my parodies and my satire. Because remember, I'd come dressed... And festooned in costumes, <laughs> King Cuomo. Right, that was the favorite. <laughs> Even Cuomo liked King Cuomo, but not New York one. They said, "That's it. Hang it up." Oh, sleep so you're up. done with
2: them. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. 13 okay. years in TV, that's a long ride. That's a long time, yes. That is Curtis will Still to come today, Anthony Weiner, former great Met manager Bobby Valentine, Bill O'Reilly, former Governor Joe, uh, George Pataki, defense attorney Joe Tacopina, and entertainer Tony Danza. That is just today on this show. But we do have Curtis here right now. Curtis, of course, does an amazing job, noon to one every weekday, all weekend long. And Curtis sent me a text yesterday that one of our colleagues... And uh, good buddies, Greg Kelly, who's on every day, I guess, from one fifteen to three. Pretty good talent. He uh, he's upset with the microphones. What is that? What is that? what is that? What's going on?
0: Uh, he looks at the microphone. It's the same one that you use, the same one that I use, right before him. Right. And he detected particuli. So he thinks that there's a biological potential harm
1: ay, 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 in ay.
0: him talking into it, <laughs> and I immediately blamed you. Why me? Well, because we all know that at 7.25 each morning, you get the bagel with the schmear of uh, not the lox, but the gefilte fish. No, no, I true, saw okay. a little particuli of gefilte <laughs> fish in there. Sure. And I knew it wasn't me because, you know, I'm king of the dirty water hot dog eaters having finished third in Nathan's Famous back in 1996 on the boardwalk in Coney Island. So I said, it's you... It's you, Sid, (laughs) but Dan Herschel, our crack engineer who hangs out at Bada Bing, a.k.a. Satin Dolls, right below the Tower of Power in Lodi. I know the place very well. uh, He has uh, put on the hazmat suit. He is doing (laughs) a biopsy.
2: Oh, you are crazy. And uh, if
0: he cannot resolve it, I have a special surprise for our colleague. Well, before you
2: get to the special surprise, I don't have gefilte fish. I don't even have lox spread anymore. Uh, My bagel every morning is a scooped-out. Plain bagel with monster cheese. Now I admit I do spit on the mic every now and then, and I am in the only person besides you to get on the mic before Greg Kelly. But why is Kelly so weird about
8: that stuff?
0: Well, he's would, like a weird guy. Well, you would figure out this guy was a hero, right? Lieutenant Colonel, Marine yeah. pilot, he still is a hero, right? He's yeah. he deals with emotionally disturbed persons in the street. He's always having confrontations. He doesn't. He doesn't hesitate. But biological threats. And I said, because he blamed my cats. (laughs) cats. I said, my cats were not in Wuhan. That was not part of some (laughs) biological experiment done by the evil Dr. Fauci, (laughs) paying the Red Chinese to do that. So I'm going to fix his wagon today. If Dan Herschel, a crack engineer, does not come back with a uh, clear, deciding uh, decision. Right. I the am, real proof. I am going to come in and do the show with a condom on the microphone. <laughs> oh,
2: no, 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 you're not.
0: Yes, I am. Like a real condom. Exactly. Oh Why my not? God, Safe God. Talk. That's hilarious. STDs are up. You saw the CDC said STDs, not STP, the racist edge, Andy <laughs> Granitelli. <laughs> right? STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, are skyrocketing all across America. I did see that. In order to comfort our colleague, Greg <laughs> <and> Kelly <laughs> that's I'm hilarious. going to do the show with a condom on the microphone.
2: Oh, my God. Or, you, that's really funny, by the way. Uh, From the great movie Naked Gun, you may remember when Leslie Nielsen was walking on the beach with the gorgeous Priscilla Presley, Uh. they were dressed in all body condoms. Which was hilarious. You could do that, too. Here,
0: it's got to be bulletproof. (laughs) In New York City, a bulletproof body condo. By the way, are you having Takapina on later on? I believe so.
2: 905 to talk about this ridiculous Tish James lawsuit.
6: I
0: know, but can you explain how your uh, colleagues at Polyprep Day School went wild and crazy in Brooklyn the other night and basically took over like three blocks?
2: You know, this is a story that's not getting a lot of coverage. But when I went to that school, for example, back in the 1970s, early 1980s, these were buttoned up mobsters, kids, you know, they came across as very... Very sharp and wealthy and uh, obnoxious, to be honest. What's going on now? Now they've gone crazy? Oh, they went crazy. They took over three blocks
0: in Brooklyn Heights. (laughs) Uh, You know, these are all rich white kids. (laughs) So naturally, all of a sudden, people were calling in. They're white kids rampaging through the streets of Brooklyn. And the 911 operator said, are you sure? You've been drinking (laughs) a little. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're terrorizing people. And by the way, I noticed you left out you had the biggest pervert coach, football coach of all time, that pedophile on a pedestal. Why do you keep protecting that guy? You
2: know why? I'll tell you why. You're talking about the late Phil Faglietta, who's long dead. But because I was skinny and Jewish and pale and an asthmatic, nothing what I'm like now. Now I'm, um, you know, 25, uh, uh, 150 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. But back then I had nothing. I was one of the few players on the team he had no interest in.
0: Oh, you see, if you look like you did now, he'd oh. be
2: snapping you with the towel <laughs> since you come out of the shower, right? Yeah, that's a bad story. That's yeah. you know, a bad. And by the way, the, uh, the former Dolphins head coach, who is now on the Pittsburgh Steelers staff, and the Steelers play tonight against the Cleveland Browns, game one of week three of the NFL season. Brian Flores, he went to Prep.
0: By the way, maybe the worst coach in the history of the New York Jets, grew up in Staten Island, came across the bridge, played t- tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. I know where
2: you're going, rich coat tight That's right. <laughs> yeah. Come on,
0: come on. Don't he, forget all the alumni.
2: He went to Lafayette, not Poly Prep, right? No, no, he went to Poly Prep. Oh, he did? Okay. I'm pretty sure. I thought he went to Lafayette hey, wait John a 2nd <laughs> we'll have to flip a coin on this. We'll
0: ask John Franco. Is he still living across the
2: street in the, in the projects there? That's no, where he grew up? No, no. He's in uh, New York City now. I can't tell you where because. Oh, wait, show I up. it was Toad Hill. I yeah, thought but, it was the Palazzo <laughs> out no, there. No, he's out of town. It's Staten not Island. the Marlboro housing projects no, anymore. No, none of that. No more. Not for Johnny Franco. We'll talk to Bobby Valentine, who managed John Franco in the Mets to the World Series against the Yankees ooh, back ooh, in 2000, coming up at 740. I have something in common with him. What's that?
0: He ran for the mayor of Stamford and lost. Yes. I ran for the mayor of New York yes. City and lost.
2: We're going to talk about that, his run for our mayor in Connecticut. But I do want to talk about the mayor right now mm. because uh, yesterday the story he comes out, that he has decided to uh, allow the mandate for the mass to go away for the private sector. He's keeping it for the public sector. And even that moron Kyrie Irving basketball star for the Brooklyn Nets came out and said, hey. Why am I being treated better than the folks that actually work hard for a living? Kyrie made sense for the first time yesterday. How about that from your friend Eric Adams? Well,
0: let me tell you something. He couldn't be more hopelessly right, like Kyrie Irving. He said, basically, you got to let the civil servants back. If you notice, November 1st, no more mandate on the private sector. But he continues to torture the civil servants. I happened to be uh, the other night in Broad Channel, not far from you, Uh, At the VFW Hall with the great Tom Sullivan, who we had on the air yesterday, running for office out there. He's actually running for
2: Assembly District 23. He's got endorsements now because of me from both Peter King, Dove Hykend is coming up. Does Tom Sullivan have Curtis Lee was endorsement? Damn right. Come on. I was there side by side with Tom defending the civil servants, many of them
0: that were sitting there. They lost their homes. You know, when they were put on the shelf, they weren't permitted to get any other work. They couldn't get unemployment. The city first with de Blasio, five days before he left office, tortured them and said, you got to have the vaccine. Eric Adams could have easily repealed it, but he's made this personal. So if you notice... Uh, If you're a student-athlete, no more vaccine in the public school system. If you're in the private sector November 1st, no more mandate. But if you're a civil servant... Die, die, and he wonders why there are so few civil oh servants God. and so many of them are leaving. We don't have enough cops. We don't have enough firefighters. Uh, the social workers are
2: leaving in mass. This city is udiskracjare. <laughs> u- it's a shanda. <laughs> no, I can't argue with any of that. And now, as I pointed out right before you came on, Kathy Hochul has decided to debate Lee Zeldin once. once. He wants four or five. She said one. Pace University, October the twenty-fifth. Why Curtis Slewa has she decided to only debate Lee Zeldin once? It's right out of the playbook of
0: Andrew Evil Cuomo. King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King <laughs> Cuomo I. Remember when Andrew Cuomo was running, he said, oh, uh, the last time against Marlon I'll debate you one time. Right. 7.30 in the morning, CBS. I remember that. Either be there or be square. That was <laughs> it. And he dictated it. Not the networks. Not any oversight committee of state government. He determined, okay, you peon, you common person, you person of no consequence. I'll give you an hour debate. Although he pimp slapped around Malinaro. I got remember he said, oh, my God, I remember. You're a mini Trump. Mini yes. Trump. Malinaro hadn't even voted for Trump. And <laughs> Malinaro, Bla, Although Malinaro got more votes. Uh, against Cuomo that anybody had yep. in the time that Cuomo was running he for still, governor.
2: He, he still got uh, killed. Cuomo, by the way, a no-show at the House yesterday, these nursing home hearings going on. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, predictable, right?
0: Of course. Yeah. Of course. Naturally, we read about Andrew Evil Cuomo now, and Cindy Adams. We read about, oh, how he's out there with Fredo in the compound. They're stirring the marinara sauce as they've hit the mattresses. And their wartime consulary out of federal prison for political corruption. <laughs> yeah. Joe Pococo there with the Rocky Calavito Louisville slugger bats. And they're ready to take out all of their adversaries. And here was Andrew Cuomo saying, we're all my friends. <laughs> we're all my friends. The Schumer, Jelenbrand, uh, 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 everybody that I helped. A abandoned ship on me. I'll get you, my little pretties, <laughs> yeah. if it's the last thing I do.
2: Uh, that's a great, uh, Curtis Slew of course, coming up noon this afternoon, all weekend long. Curtis, the, uh, the city... Takes a lot of abuse in some of these local papers and on TV. And yet, some people go, ah, come on, it's not that bad. Business is coming back. They've taken guns off the streets. Murder is down in this city. We understand there are issues. We're not denying that. But what we're saying is, it's not as bad as people like Sid Rosenberg or Curtis Slewa. Make it sound.
0: got to ask you a question. What drug are they taking? <laughs> yeah. I'd like that mood elevator. I'd like it when you're walking down the streets. Uh, a third of the storefronts are closed permanently. They're you know, not I coming to, back. Upper
2: west side is the worst, Kurt. Like every other store is shut. Yeah. It's
0: unbelievable. And then only 50% of the office buildings are occupied now. The rest, we could turn them in. Think of this. We could turn them into mausoleums, right? <laughs> you don't have to schlep to some cemetery out in Long Island or New Jersey. You can visit your, your dearly deceased in an air-conditioned controlled mausoleum. <laughs> Look at the Hudson Yards. It's a ghost town. I know. And by the way... the yeah, talking about bringing Jimmy Dolan and Madison Square Garden there. What? You're not charging him any property taxes starting since Ed Koch? Oh, we're afraid you might leave over there to Secaucus.
2: Go ahead, leave. <laughs> yeah. Do me a favor, Dolan, nah, leave. I don't want them to leave. I want the Rangers and Knicks here in New York. What are they, What is the uh, the exact date? Are they talking about when they're going to move the garden, all that stuff? What do you know
0: about that? No, no, that? no. Eric Adams just a swagger man with no plan I said, uh, Jimmy... Meet me up at Club Zero Bond (laughs) until the break of dawn. And then you can wine, dine, and pocket limey. You know what this is about. Yeah. This is all about the moolish moolah, the scat And I noticed his uh, chief of staff, Frank Caron, exiting stage left. I'm out of here January 1st. Because they know that all of a sudden the guillotine is coming down in fiscal 2023. $10 billion less and probably more. And they don't know how to operate government. Without wanting more and more and more money, what are you going to do, Papa Chulo, Joe Biden? Help me! I'm the I'm the Biden
2: of Brooklyn. There's it's not, not gonna more happen. money. No money. Nope. Doesn't even care. Well, you have a uh, busy morning. You've got to go down the block to CBS and buy a whole box of Trojans for our uh, Greg
8: Kelly.
0: Yeah. Well, I, uh, now, what do you think based on the size of this? Uh, yes. This uh, microphone. Yeah. Triple X, double X, or mini me.
2: Well, what do you put on yourself, Kirk? Cause it's very similar to the song. you You're getting very personal here. Are you suggesting well, you, you I know, put on Jimmy caps? You got so upset yesterday because I sent you a very nice text, and I included emojis. And they were hearts. Yes. And you got very upset.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I won't be <laughs> lip locking with you, Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> I know I I know that there's that part of you, Mr. Metrosexual, that might lean a little bit in terms no, of no. admiring
2: oh, oh, oh. my physique. Oh, oh no, that's never gonna happen. But for money, I would consider doing something like How that. How much yes. money? How much money. for you a lot of money? Give well, well, me a give you're, me a your, figure. You're, you're right you, give me a figure. <laughs> for Greg Kelly cheaper. Uh, but you <laughs> it may cost a million.
0: Oh, he'll have on a hazmat suit. Don't <laughs> when he when he decides to have the urge to merge with you. Oh, you remember monkeypox. I do. I remember well, keep an eye keep an eye on that
2: monkey pox there. <laughs> oh boy. Kurt when uh, can people hear you again the specific times coming up this week. All the time, all the time. But anyway,
0: <laughs> it's uh 1215 to 1 Monday through Friday. It's a lunchtime edition. And then the weekend extravaganza. It starts Saturday mornings 12 midnight to six to the break of dawn. So nice say let me do it twice. Sunday mornings from twelve to six. In between with Anthony We left versus right three to four and then on sunday it's all curtis all the time i come back from three to five with the issues of the day all i do is take calls no guests, and then i top it out nine to eleven again with continued calls and then we finish up with actually the most popular of all the hours i do wabc always broadcasting curtis the animal welfare hour with my gorgeous wife nancy the animal rescuer and then I'm finished for the week, although I'll eat up anybody else's real estate. You know that's it. <laughs> Don't take a day off. No, I know. Don't claim that you
2: have ever... oh, Remember
0: Wally Pipp. I know. Remember Wally Pipp.
2: I remember it well. Well, you're a genius, a Hall of Famer, a legend. You are now every week, and you do a fantastic job. I love you. Thank you so much.
0: And, by the way, <clears throat> I will make sure yeah. that there is safe talk. And safe sex here at WABC <laughs> for not just Greg <laughs> Kelly, but for all
2: of us. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, the great Curtis Slewa always broadcasting Curtis on WABC, and now you know why. All right, Lewis, play the music. This is for Curtis, who used to be a big-time dancer. What club in Brooklyn would you be doing a dance to? Come on, 2000. The Funny House? No, come on. Come oh, on, The uh, Odyssey. 2001 Space Odyssey? That's right. Yeah. Come on, Bay yep. Ridge. Oh, yeah. With my
0: polyester
2: waffle oh. weave flame-retarded <laughs> bell-bottom pants <laughs> and my marshmallow shoes. I can see it now, Curtis Slewa we got Anthony Weiner coming up next. And then Bobby Valentine, Bill O'Reilly, George Pataki, Joe Tacopina, and Tony Danza all on today's show alone. We're number one in New York, folks. We are Bernie and Sid
12: we it live. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening
1: to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: 7.05 on your Thursday morning. Curtis Sleevel was great. Still to come this hour. We'll get Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up next. And former Mets skipper Bobby Valentine will join us at 7.40, 8 o'clock hour. Big hour. Lydia reports coming up at 8.25. And then, of course, the big star of the week, the ratings grabber, my new dear friend, Bill O'Reilly. That's coming up at 8.40. 9.05, we've got a choice. It may be former Governor George Pataki who did endorse Lee Zeldin two days ago, or it may be my dear friend from Poly Prep, famed defense attorney Joe Tacopina on the James Trump lawsuit. And then at 9:25, we'll talk to my friend, the great entertainer, Mr. Who's the Boss, Tony Danza. All that on today's show alone. But sitting with me in studio right now, after Curtis. There's a guy that works with Curtis every Saturday afternoon from three to four. But after his own show, the middle from two to three, and that is Anthony Weiner. Anthony, good morning. How are
13: you? I'm doing good. What's, does Curtis just sleep under the under the table here in the studio, and just someone kicks him, and then he gets up and talks? Uh, well, he, you,
2: you know, you say that kind of jokingly, but the truth is, yes. I mean, for years, it was even worse. At uh, the old uh, station at Madison Square Garden. Right. He was there all day, every day. Now he's got a wife and Nancy that actually likes him. But all the years of him getting kicked out of the
13: house. Well, and- this is the thing. You know, you, you can adopt 31 cats if you're never home. It's right. not so bad. You're here the whole time. And I remember, you know, he was talking about his time on New York One. He was good on New York One, but he was not a corporate kind of guy. Like no, he would come no. in and dress up in wigs and do accents and right. that kind of stuff. You, he-
2: you, on the other hand, you are
13: exactly the corporate type of guy. That This
2: is true. Yeah. This is now, true. Why, is there's why, nothing, are you, why do you
13: conform to all these things? There's nothing things? the suit's like more than some guy who's sexting on the side. They love that <laughs> kind of stuff. They love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know what's good is, is the
2: last time you and I spoke, it was a great conversation. And I give you credit. It was very emotional. You even cried. Um, but now you can joke about some of these things. Uh, are you... How do you feel now? Do you feel like you're kind of back and getting back, or are you still kind of well, I still gotta, have that prison leg, if you will? I, no,
13: i got to tell you, I mean, the opportunity that, that John and Margot Katsimatidis gave me here, and we do this show on the weekend you know, called The Middle, where it's not what people probably think. Like most callers are people, oh, I thought I was going to hate you, but I don't really. Because we don't kind of do the hard left and the hard right. We try to talk about the issues a little bit more. And I'm getting really comfortable with that, and I really do. I'm grateful for the opportunity. And when I came on with you, I know... You know, people, now you're such a big star, everyone blows smoke up your butt. But you really <laughs> did, you know, because of your background, because of my background, because we come from the same place and we've had some, you know, no one has a life that's straight lines. It's all about bumps, right? And uh, that conversation really did help with your very large audience to say, all right, you know what? I don't like him. Maybe I'll never listen to him again. But at least he's trying to be honest about his stuff. So this, this has that. been great. This I think been get great. a lot of
2: that. I got a lot of folks that said, uh, "Hey, I, I got to give the guy some credit." This is uh, Anthony Weiner. So uh, tonight at that beautiful stadium on Staten Island, I was there Sunday with John and Margot, the whole crew. Chad, we had this uh, the season-ending baseball game for the Ferry Hawks. Tonight we've got a charity softball game. I want you all to come. The very first ever Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia DCD event starts at uh, seven o'clock. Clock get there around six. This charity that uh, me and Danielle put together, inspired by our son Gabriel,
13: and you've got a story about the ferry, a recent story. Well, I mean, we, we my uh, on Saturday after my show, I took Jordan and four of his ten year old friends out to the ferry. By the way, Jordan is your son. Yeah, ten and a half years old. You know, I I heard you describe. You know, it kind of got me with a little lump in my throat hearing about your daughter going away because these rites of passages, they're a big deal for parents. And so he's at the age now where he wants me around but not too close, right? And right. so, <laughs> yeah. by the way, a, a minor league ballpark is a perfect place for a b- bunch of ten years. They can run around. They can do it. There's not only so much trouble they get in. they got food. they got games. They're having a lot of fun. So on the way back, it's him and his four friends. They're on the ferry. And, he, again, Jordan is saying to me, stay away. So I'm sitting. I can see them, but I'm sitting away. And, uh, and this guy comes by. And, you know, for people on the ferry, if people live out on the rock, they know that there are these guys who sell snacks. They right, walk around right. with basically a stroller selling snacks and See, they make the, a few the, bucks. the
2: ferry that I take every day from the city, Anthony, to Rockaway, they've right. got a concession stand. Right. Nobody They're, walks around. You just walk downstairs. Right. There's a girl there selling all that stuff. Right.
13: And there's also, by the way, and even on the Staten Island Ferry, there's a, there's a, a shop. But, you know, this is an entrepreneurial city. People are. So this guy walks by. With the Jordan and his friends, and he used some salty language while he's selling his candies. Like anyone wants some effing. Anyone he does actually used the F word? He might. He he might. He apparently <laughs> did because Jordan. <laughs> Jordan turns around and says, "You shouldn't curse." Your son said that. Yeah, and yeah. I'm looking at him, and and you know, we've talked about this. There is a little bit. We are. Five degrees away from complete wackadoo in this city right now. Like, right. just about everyone you walk by is just one fry short of a happy man. Right, you gotta be really uh, careful. Including your friend the mayor, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. <laughs> all right, that's, that's a conversation for me and Curtis and for you and I to do next. But, <laughs> right. So, Jordan is at this age where he's a combination of two dangerous things. One, he doesn't like to be wrong. He likes to. And right. two, he likes to perform for his friends, a little bit like, like his right. dad. So he's got his four By friends. Way,
2: in both of those cases, he's a lot like you.
13: Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, hey, yeah. this is why they're before the grace of God. Like, I'm looking at him, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to teach him some of these lessons. And one lesson of living in the city, you can't walk around being in fear. You know, these people, these are people, these are God's souls and everything else. But on the other hand, you know, the whole rule about, you know, it's not t- so different, different from being in prison. Don't make eye contact with some guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so Jordan won't let it go. The, the guy turns back to him and says, hey, I'm allowed to, little N, you know, even though he's, Joe you know, Jordan's obviously whatever. He says, yeah, I'm allowed to, her. I'm an adult. And Jordan says, you shouldn't, shouldn't curse. He keeps saying it. And he keeps escalating. Jordan keeps saying like a smart butt. He's, yeah. Shouldn't curse. Yeah. And this guy is getting testy. And he's looking around. Who's, I don't know whose little guy this is, but you better dial him down. And again, I want Jordan to kind of, and Jordan's friends are now, this is kind of like that movie Stand By Me. Like, yes. There's a lot of danger Before going on. Sure. Yeah. And so finally, I, I reach out and I say, you know what, buddy? I agree with you. He shouldn't be mouthing <laughs> off to adults. And the thing, and he was... But I got to tell you, it is a, a microcosm of what's going on in the city right now. Even a kid just being a little playful, there's so much crazy on the streets yeah, nowadays yeah, yeah. that you don't know who you're walking by, and it's a little bit frightening.
2: Well, let's, let me ask you this, then, because there was a time when you, uh, you could have been mayor in this city. Right. We know
13: that. I am going want to go back past old things.
2: Uh, Eric Adams is the mayor. You know how I feel about him. You're not going to convince me differently. It doesn't matter. You can talk to your blue in the face. I think he's a waste. I think he uh, dresses nicely. There's a lot of talking but does nothing, and your story is more evidence that that's the case. The city is getting worse, not better. So how do you fix
13: it? Well, look, I I think that to some degree we both overestimate and underestimate how much government can do. Part of the problem that we have here is there are fewer people generally on the streets, and we dumped a whole bunch more of these crazies on the street. They're out there. We see them a lot more, a lot more closed stores making making our streets much more forbidding. I have to tell you this, but it's like the Giuliani thesis, the Bill Bratton thesis. Without public safety and without clean streets and without order, none of the other stuff matters. You know, there was a conversation earlier today during the news about, like, why people are or not coming back. All it takes is 10 percent people feeling scared and suddenly the streets seem a lot more empty. You know, outside the studio used to be at lunchtime, people would be out with their bags of, and, oh, yeah. and all the time. Yeah. And, now and now there's none of that. So I think you, so my my suggestion to the mayor, and I think that he's going to be a good mayor. I think he's doing a, a good job. I don't want to get into an argument of that hire more cops, hire more correction officers and hire more mental health workers to go walk the streets. And the problem is this city council. Can they be
2: white or they have to be black females?
13: Because no, he seems I, to have this uh, this quota, this, I don't, uh, this I don't obsession believe, with I don't, females. I don't believe there's <laughs> anything wrong with... I don't, I don't believe that being black means you can't do the job. If he, of if, course not. If these are the people he's comfortable with... That's all he with, hires. If these are the people he's comfortable with, <laughs> right. then so be it. But I don't believe... You can also just kind of throw up your arms and say, "Hey, this is the way it's. It's not as bad as it was when you and I were growing up, but it's still very bad." What do you mean, the city? Yeah.
2: Well, it depends. I know what you're saying. In the '70s, it was the brutal. 80s, my God, we would you get know. mugged
13: like every day.
2: You couldn't have a bike in the city. I mean, in the city, yes, but I, ne- I never felt unsafe in Brooklyn, and now I feel unsafe everywhere.
13: Anthony, they're breaking into homes in Howard Beach. No, I that f- wasn't happening in the '70s. I feel you, but I got to. I remember growing up in the '70s and early days. You, If you had a bike, you got it stolen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Basically, it was like right, a rite of passage. Right, right. You had a bike stolen. But now if
2: you've got a car, you get it stolen. I would, well, <laughs>
13: even then, even then, you remember, you remember, you know, radio already stolen, yep, people yep. waiting in the club. Look, but it's bad. The, 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 it's bad. But something about COVID made everything, all the rules got thrown up in the air. And I think you got to respond by hiring some more police officers. That's my theory. I, I love that.
2: Uh, but then again, what good are more police officers, Anthony, if they make these arrests in an attempt to make these streets safer and you've got politicians like Kathy Hochul, who are completely okay with these criminals spending 10 minutes in jail and then getting out. Yeah, what that, is
13: more police? Yeah, you've got to tell you, I know I've heard the obsession about, about bail. Obsession? The, the, well, about the no-cash bail. What an obsession? Well— I don't know You've about got the repeat bail.
2: offenders
13: committing heinous crimes. No, but bail are not people who, who are convicted. And also, 99% of people are being held on bail. It's like the one, whatever it is. But the point that I, I think you're right, but it starts with more people being arrested. The judges need to, I did a whole show on this. The judges need to take some accountability. The way we choose judges, they're, they're, you know, we elect those judges. The district attorneys, you saw a district attorney, Lee Zeldin was attacked in a conservative county in upstate New York, and that guy was let out. So don't just say it's a brag thing. Don't say it's a hokel thing. I saw that at Attack. they should have charged that guy with a violent assault and they didn't do it. No, I understand, but that is a Democrat policy. I mean, no. Let, let, let's no, no, be, no, no. You, no that, that, that was, was a Republican deal. No, DAF, no, it yeah.
2: doesn't matter. It's Democrat policy. Look, let's be honest here for a second. You're a very, very smart guy. You have to be embarrassed, embarrassed that you ever even ran as a Democrat. And by the way, how does a Jewish kid... How does a Jewish kid from New York vote for this party when you've got the likes of uh, Talib and AOC and all these Jew haters, these anti-Semites? you got a guy like Donald Trump who did everything right by Israel, everything right. How does a Jewish kid from New York remain loyal to that? That anti-Semite party. Well, the party's not anti-Semite. Of
13: course they the are. The party overwhelmingly supports Israel. Oh, overwhelmingly. Stop. Joe they, Biden doesn't even have a conversation with these Joe people. Joe Biden's one of those pro-Israel senators. Dude, and what has he done to be pro-Israel? What has he done? He served in the United States Senate for 45 just, years supporting You just supporting started, Israel. I got you. He did nothing. He did nothing. You
2: know, I'll show you what Donald Trump did. Move the embassy Donald to Trump, Jerusalem. Donald Trump was excellent for Israel. You know, but I'm giving Donald you, Trump
13: uh, was excellent for Israel. But you, you can't you can't take one wackadoo from... The, this is the, what we talk about on wackadoo, my show. One wackadoo is like 20 is, of them. This I have 435 members of Congress. Bernie it's Sanders about is no good, and he's a Jew, by the way. I'm himself. not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of Bernie Sanders. I support Hillary Clinton. We have different parts of our party. Oh, yeah, yeah, you Hillary don't have to Clinton. be. Listen, you're you're a Republican. You don't necessarily have to support that green character or these QAnon people. You can be a Republican and not support every Go element Roger of your party. Green. Yeah, yeah, you know... I, I the QAnon didn't. stuff. You, you don't think that's anti-Semitic? I, e- I don't even follow that I stuff. agree. It's, D- it's complete nonsense. There's like five people. That, it's like saying a white supremacy is an issue. This is exactly right. That's what we have in our party. We have some fringe people in our party. This is what we talk about. Listen, this is the problem. Too much of the debate is dominated by the AOCs and the, and the, and the QAnons and everything else. And the people in the middle, like you and me... That's what are are pro-Israel, are fairly conservative on crime, want to help people who need help, basically believe in the idea of fairness in the middle class. That's where the overarching middle is. And this is why I believe that the party, your party, makes a mistake when you focus on the stuff at the fringes. If Lee Zeldin. If Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul had a debate about the issues of the day that most New Yorkers really care about, right. I think he would do fine. He'd The right. problem was every time Donald Trump's on the TV, it hurts him. Every time you have a conversation about some about Taylor Green or or it's January Sixth, it hurts him. This is why the president. This is why President Biden's up ten points since you and I uh, sat here last.
2: Even after that pathetic uh, speech a couple of weeks ago, loaded with hatred, and then even at the U.N. yesterday. I mean, you can't watch that, Anthony, and go. Now, that guy's a leader. Which one? That guy's a leader. Either one, the U.N. yesterday or that ridiculous Thursday night speech he made two weeks ago where he basically maligned me and 70 million other Americans. No, he wasn't talking
13: about you. He was talking about you and I were just talking about the fringes of the party.
2: He has never once, him or Kareem Jean-Pierre, that genius, none of these folks have ever really come out and and explain the difference between Sid Rosenberg and their new term MAGA extreme. I just did. Not really. I mean, the QAnon, the QAnon, these QAnon people. stop mentioning QAnon. Well, you say it hasn't been explained. That's what he's talking about. No, he's not. Joe Biden would put me in that class in one second because I like Trump. Forget about QAnon well, or Steve Bannon. In one second, he put me there. That's the truth, and that's what he's a hateful There are guy.
13: people in this country, and I don't think you're among them who to deny that that Biden was elected, who think that the election was stolen and all that kind of stuff. Right. That well, kind of was, and there, and
2: there are people. Kind of was. You see? Well, the Hunter Biden stuff. They, they They buried the Hunter Biden stuff. I did if a whole 10% show on Ten percent of
13: Americans change their vote doesn't win. I did a whole I did a whole show on the Hunter Biden thing. I mean, it's it's tawdry and everything else it has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It has nothing to do with Joe Biden. Doesn't. You know that the big guy is Joe Biden, right? You All know those the, monies that they received. The big guy. Do you even know what that is? That's the, uh, not on the laptop. That's some dude who says this no, is Joe no, Biden. No, no, and no, 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 no. Fox News and the Wall Street Journal both said we don't Miranda, believe him. I don't believe him either. Miranda Devine. I read her book. I did a whole book report on, on my show. She's a tremendous woman. She really is. She's got everything exactly right. Exactly. This right. is Babaluski. This is one guy. I, I, I dove into this thing. This is one guy. It's not in yeah. the laptop. There's no document. And all those documents are this, of this drug-addled guy, yeah. not a single one connects to his dad. <laughs> of course there are. There's there are tons. Not, there are not. I mean, listen, man, I, 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 I can tell you. You yeah. can go. There is this guy, Babaluski, who says. Tony Boboluski. Tony Boblinsky. Right. Who goes around. and So he went to the FBI, went to Fox News, and went to Wall Street Journal. All three of them said, we don't, you don't have anything here. Mm-hmm. He, he shows them his phone. I mean, look. I, I think the Hunter Biden thing, I think Hunter Biden's going to be indicted. I think he's going to get in a bunch of trouble. I think there's a lot of stuff on that laptop. I, I went through the whole thing. I read, all, all, I read a Miranda's book. Yeah. I think there's a lot of horrible stuff there. But the next step, I don't see it. All right. Are you excited about the Mets? I want to see if they're, how much more they're going to break the record for getting plunked. Was it 106? <laughs> I have, by the way, did, did you see Showalter um, went out and got the ball? Yes. The 100? That was the craziest yes. thing. That was. I mean, look, this is an amazing time. I don't remember a Sunday... Like last Sunday in forever. you
2: You want the exact stat? It was 13 years. 13 years, 2009,
13: since the Jets, Giants, Mets, and Yankees all won on the same day. Now, you want to hear this? Jordan asked me this question. With the screwiness of COVID, was there any basketball or hockey overlap that could have made a fifth team? Maybe I mean it I wouldn't have been because it wouldn't yeah. have got you right, got to go out to right. two thousand nine. Right, but right, I wonder right. if there's ever been that kind. Of, but last night I, I'm not a, a Yankee fan. Obviously watched the game, the the Mets and in, in Atlanta. Like it seems like neither one of them wants to win until they have that final series, which is going to be amazing. Yeah. I mean I just think this is just a, a, a really great time. A lot of optimism around the Rangers. A, you know, a lot, not as much so around my team, the Islanders. But this yeah. is an, a great time in, in in New York sports. So you're a happy guy right now. You can't not be. I mean, you can't not be. I mean, you know, there, there are these days, and you remember when you were, were a straight sports guy, there are these days that it's miserable to go in and turn on the radio. Right, Because right. it's just people on the edge, <laughs> on cliffs jumping off. And <laughs> yeah. then there are days where, like, you know, people are just everybody, everyone is yeah. happy.
2: Right, so the last time I saw you in the uh, newspaper, you were on the cover of the New York Post. If this is a touchy subject, just get over it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was a picture of your ex-wife, Uma and uh, the very famous actor Bradley Cooper, and uh, you were kind of leering in the background, and the Post reported that your ex-wife was banging Bradley Cooper what are your thoughts
13: on first that? First of all, we don't ask yeah. guests whether their ex-wives are banging someone. <laughs> There's a more artful way well, to Well, how, how, supa- how would I'm, you say it? I'm surprised <laughs> that Lou didn't whisper into your ears Some. You're n- <laughs> n- now that you're a book writer, I would think your thesaurus would be a little bit better well, well, than how that. Well, if, if you were doing the interview and I was sitting there, how would you say it? I would say, have they been engaged in uh, nocturnal activities? Sir? Right. He's banging her. I That's the bottom I am, line. I, look, I <laughs> am not, I'm not the first person on the memo about their plans. Yeah. I don't know what is true and what is not. I read... In the New York Post, Bradley Cooper's people said that they're just friends. Whom is it? But, ama- but you don't talk to him. She doesn't tell you these I things. I talk. I talk all the time. We have right. on the record and off the record conversations. I got you. I got
2: you. Right. Right.
13: So right. I'm, I, I don't have much more for you. But I did read in the New York Post that they're just friends. Right. And How the Post th- never lies, Sid. You know that. They never. <laughs> <laughs> well, they lie less in the Daily News. At least admit that. probably right. All right. Well, listen, you were great today. It's good to see you. You, you look Steve. great. Appreciate it. I hope uh, you're doing well. You sound I- terrific. I am. Thanks for having me on. And congratulate you. Your show is just crushing it. Thank please, you. Please give, give, give my love and prayers to Bernie when you speak to him. Um, so it, well. the, the world just isn't the same without his voice. I appreciate that. Thank you. Two to four every Saturday. Two to three. The middle
2: and then three to four sitting alongside Curtis Slewa That is the very smart and entertaining Anthony Weiner. We'll take a short break, Lewis, when we get back. Bill O'Reilly's morning message and talking about the Mets. Former skipper of Bobby Valentine before Bill O'Reilly, George Pataki, Joe Takapina, and Tony Danza. Great job by Curtis Slewa and Anthony Weiner. More of Bernie and Sid right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC right after this.
12: Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, let me ask you an important question. Do most of the people you know want you to succeed in life or not? Chances are you don't know. That's because jealousy and resentment is sometimes masked. Two-faced is the expression. In politics and sports, things are different. Americans have their teams and we want them to do well or else we'd find other teams. Therefore, there's no hope of Red Sox fans, for example, rooting for the Yankees or in politics, conservative folks pulling for Joe Biden. As Bush the Elder once said, not gonna happen. This makes things harder for Biden, Trump and all politicians who must deal with resistance no matter what they do. The Yankees don't need Sox fans in order to succeed, but elected leaders can only be effective if a majority support them. So politics is unique and a very tough road. But back to you. It's very important to know who is wishing you prosperity and who is not. Some people try to persuade the naysayers to their side, but not me. I try to treat everyone fairly, but understand that respect, treating others fairly, will not always be returned. So I walk away from people, as difficult as that is sometimes, I do not, do not want to be ambushed down the road. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis
13: later on.
3: I try to make this kind and
1: clear Just a chance that maybe we'll find
8: better days Cause I don't need boxes wrapped in strings And desire to
3: love and empty things Just a chance that maybe Take these words
1: and sing out loud
2: Cause everyone is forgiven now Cause tonight's the night the
3: world begins again
2: Resnick Google dials Better Days at 732 on your kind of rainy Thursday morning, we got a softball game tonight, Staten Island, that beautiful John Katzmatini Stadium, charity game, the Spotlight Foundation for dysproxia DCD, a charity started by me and my lovely wife, Danielle, inspired by our son, Gabriel. Hopefully the weather holds out. You want to come out there tonight, we'll play the game at 7, thanks to Eric Scheffler, Gary Perrone, John Matidi's And everybody, for that, you heard there from Bill O'Reilly, he'll join us, of course, coming up for his Thursday segment, which gets huge ratings. And I know that because we're at the point now, we don't just rate these shows weekly and monthly, but segment by segment, and Bill O'Reilly does extraordinarily well. We had two great guests on already this morning. Both Curtis Sliwa and Anthony Weiner did a very good job. And some really good guests to come your way. Bobby Valentine, the aforementioned Bill O'Reilly, George Pataki, Joe Takapina, Tony Danza, all stopping by today. But the two big stories, Putin obviously threatening the world with a nuclear attack. And uh, Biden spoke about that at the U.N. yesterday and was feeble and weak as always. But the biggest story is Letitia James levying this $250 million civil lawsuit against Donald Trump. Why civil, not criminal? Because she's got nothing. She has absolutely nothing. And if you missed my guy President Trump on Sean Hannity last night, courtesy of Fox News, here's what Trump had to say about this embarrassing, ridiculous, politically driven lawsuit levied by Letitia James, who's just an embarrassment as an attorney general, this is uh, Donald Trump, number 18. Lewis, I once again, thought, Sean Hannity, Cardiff, thought even.
7: that they would never bring a case, and she brought it. And the reason I thought, because she didn't have a case. Uh, I was of the impression she wanted to settle. But I had a problem, because how do you pay something, even if it's a small amount of money, if you're not guilty? This was just a continuation of a witch hunt that began when I came down the escalator at Trump Tower, with our, who would know, our great future first lady who's done a great job and people love her. But we came down the escalator and it started.
2: So let's talk to his former attorney general, Letitia James, the attorney general here in New York. Bill Barr, no longer great friends with Donald Trump, as you all know, but at least still an honest man. He had this to say yesterday about this ridiculous lawsuit. Bill, this is uh, Lewis, I should say. This is Bill Barr number 13.
4: It's hard for me not to conclude it's a political uh, hit job. I and mean, this is a woman who campaigned for office, saying that, promising she was going to go after Trump, which I think is a, a tremendous abuse of office to go head hunting and targeting individuals. So I think she was targeting Trump.
2: Andy McCarthy said the same thing. Lewis, this is Andy McCarthy, cut number seventeen.
13: In New York, all of these prosecutor jobs and state attorney jobs are political, Mm. and when you get that kind of a, a, a seeping in of people's political interests into the legal
4: system, I think it makes for a very unattractive legal system.
2: Letitia James should be disbarred today. Letitia James' dereliction of duty, as my friend Lynn says, should be disbarred today for practicing politics here and not law. This is clearly, I don't need Bill Barr Andy McCarthy, Sean Hannity, anybody else to tell me this is clearly a political hit job by Letitia James. She should be disbarred today. And if that sounds fierce, that's what it is. This is no joke. You got a state being turned upside down, even Wiener admits it, But the amount of crime we face every day. And this idiot has spent two years trying to put away Donald Trump, and she couldn't even do it. A lousy civil case, not even criminal, because she's got nothing. Disbar Letitia James today. Get her out.
7: Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg.
1: Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Whoa. My funny Valentine, sweet comic Valentine, you make
2: me smile with my heart. Back here on Bernie and Sid, my next guest is such an amazing guy. In fact, between 1996 and 2002, he distinguished himself as one of the great managers in New York baseball history. He's also not afraid to tell you to go F off, which is why I like him. And by the way, he's done that to me more than once. He is a colorful character, a great baseball guy, and a real solid guy in general. The great Bobby Valentine. Bobby V, good Thursday morning. How are you,
11: pal? said we had some great days talked a lot of baseball had a lot of fun it's good to be back with you thank you man
2: you're welcome we did have some great days and uh really really great days in fact you go back bobby and i know it's 23 years ago already i can't believe it oh. but is that unbelievable i know but that 1999 nlcs appearance against the atlanta braves 22 years ago bobby you managed the match to that amazing subway series against the new york yankees when i say 22 years ago bobby does it feel that long?
11: No, it doesn't feel that long. Only because uh, you know we keep talking about it. We keep it current. But you know, when you talk about the Braves and the Mets, can you imagine what a great year the Mets are having, and the Braves are still a thorn in their side? Said nothing really changes.
2: Isn't that funny? You're right. 23 years later, it's still the Mets and the Braves, and right now the Mets have a slim edge on top of that division. But um, look, it's been a great year for the Mets, Bobby. They're back in the playoffs for the first time in six years since 2016. They've got some really good players on this team, and certainly the one-two punch on the top of that pitching rotation, if healthy, with DeGrom and Scherzer is the best in baseball. How excited are you about this specific Mets baseball team?
11: Oh, really excited, Sid. Uh, New York should be really, really excited about having two great teams, both in first place, both last night winning with grand slams from their high-priced players and their superstars. I mean, this is what baseball is all about. and New York has it right now in the palm of their hands. Could there ever be a repeat of the 2000 Subway Series? I'm keeping my fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, that's the best way to say it, because the Dodgers and Astros may have something to say about that. But you're right. These two teams uh, should be right there in the very end. You know, it's uh, Bobby, uh, last week I went to a Mets-Cubs game. They got swept by the Cubs. Bill O'Reilly took me, and I ended up sitting in Steve Cohen's suite. Never met the man before in my life. Sat next to him. We had some really good discussions. Really, really nice guy, Steve Cohen. And when I look at where the Mets are right now and all this real optimism I have to think, Bobby, you know this for a fact, it starts with ownership. Looks like Steve Cohen is the right guy.
11: Oh, absolutely. Attitude filters down from the top. And and Steve and Alex Cohen, remember Alex's uh, yep. attitude yep. also filters down. And, uh, you know, they they believe they're, they're doing everything they can. They're not looking over their shoulder. And they're having fun. And, and I think that's what, uh, you know, Alex is all about for sure. Steve doesn't have as much fun. I think he'll have more fun <laughs> at the end when, when they win the whole thing. But uh, they're, they're spectacular owners. Every team should ha- should be so blessed.
2: This is uh, the former great Met manager, Bobby Valentine, joining me right now. The Mets, it's official on their way back to the postseason. First time in six years. Hopefully they, they keep off the Atlanta Braves and win the NL East. And, Bobby, you know this, the Yankees are an unbelievable organization the greatest probably in the history of all sport, right? Uh, And they're used to winning here. Even though it's been 13 years since they won a World Series, they're used to winning. But people say this, and I agree, being in New York most of my life, when the Mets win, the town is on fire. I mean, even more energy than when the Yankees win because it's not as often. Do you agree with that statement? When the Mets win, it's a more exciting town.
11: (laughs) Absolutely. I think that... You know, when when you're down and you can't be the the one out front waving the flag, uh, you, you you enjoy it when you get to do it once in a while. And it looks like the Mets are going to be uh, in it to win it for a while now. And the Mets fans could get up front. But, you know, there's, there's to see the tides turned a little, right, Sid? To see the, yes. the Yankees struggling with their bullpen and the Mets having the best reliever in baseball. Wow, isn't that a turn turn of the tide?
2: Oh my God! I wish you were Diaz. Believe me, Benitez used to scare the hell out of me. That's a whole other story, Bobby. But when I <laughs> know you too, you're laughing. But when you look at the success of all these Met teams, right, dating back to Gil Hodges, 1969, Yogi 73, Davey Johnson 86, you. In the uh, the early two thousands, they're all great managers. And right now, you've got a guy who was a, a legend, a legitimate legend in Buck Showalter. How much credit do you give Buck for this renaissance season for the Mets?
11: Oh, a lot of credit. I think that uh, you know when we talked about attitude filtering down from the top, he's the top of his pyramid there uh, in the clubhouse, and his attitude uh, has. Has been there all year. The one of you know playing the best you can and get it done today and not worrying about tomorrow. And you know he's he's handled uh, some of the situations as well as you can handle them. And you know I think that he'll he'll be tested now. You know this next uh, this next month and a half or this however long this stretch goes. And I believe it's going to go until the end. uh, He's going to be tested. He's going to be tested by the media. He's going to be tested by the competition and they think he's going to come out strong.
2: There he is, Bobby Valentine, talking about Buck Showalter and the New York Mets. Again, the Mets, it's official back in the postseason for the first time in six years since 2016. Let's get to the Yankees. Uh, you talked about it. They had that unbelievable start. They really struggled since before the All-Star break. Like you said, the bullpen has had their struggles. But one guy who continues to show up every night Aaron Judge, you know, we talk about that 98 season, Bobby, the chase with McGuire and Sosa, the home run chase. But this home run uh, season for Aaron Judge now right there with Maris, what you're watching on a daily basis with no, no uh, real controversies, no rumors of steroids, any of that stuff. How special should Yankee fans feel about Aaron Judge?
11: Well, Aaron Judge is not only the biggest uh, slugger in the game. He's uh, one of the biggest superstars in the game because he has the right attitude and he has a perfect swing. His swing is the one that everyone should emulate. He gets firm on the front side and all the, me- the biomechanics that you want to deal with. Uh, he does properly, but understand also said that this isn't Sosa and Maguire. There's no one else with Aaron judge this year. He's separated himself from the pack like hardly anyone has ever done except for maybe Babe Ruth when he was playing. And and when you think that everyone's talking pitching, everyone's saying pitching is amazing. If you look at both leagues, there's 11 guys that are hitting over 300. He's looking at a triple crown and right now hitting 316, leading the league in batting as well as RBIs and home runs. What he's doing with the bat is unparalleled it's spectacular and will go down in history as one of the greatest offensive seasons ever you
2: just made a great point you're right because mcguire and sosa kind of chased each other you think of all those great seasons you know when 61 when maris hit 61 uh you know you had other guys hitting the 50s i mean this is like you said he's got 20 more home runs than anybody uh, even close at this point otani's a pretty good player and lots of folks still think Otani should be mentioned in the MVP talk, which I think is ridiculous. No disrespect to Otani, But at this point, do you think, Bobby V, that Aaron Judge has distinguished himself, not just this season, but right now overall as the best player in Major League Baseball? Mike Trout, too, is pretty good.
11: Well, exactly. <laughs> I think right, right now he's separated himself as the, the best hitter in baseball as we speak. And, um, you know, I don't know that he'll ever do this again. And uh, what Otani's doing is spectacular on the mound and with the bat. But I think he's going to do that again and again and again, what he's doing this year. But what Judge is doing, I I don't think we should discount it at all. I don't think it can be done. uh, Staying healthy a whole year, putting the reps in, carrying the team, getting the big home runs. When the team needs it and the other guys are on the disabled list. If you put the entire package together, um, uh, I think you're watching not only history, but you're watching a unicorn, something that you <laughs> yeah, have to
2: you you're right. Bobby Valentine, his new book is out too. We've got the same publisher. My book came out September 6th. There's a bit before, but we'll get to his book uh, as well. So, Bobby, the overall health. Major League Baseball this was basically a local conversation about the Mets and Aaron Judge and the Yankees but the overall health of Major League Baseball according to Bobby Valentine is what
11: I think you know it's alive and well but it's not uh, doing as well as it can you know we're still telling the public that we don't have uh, a good game and we have to change it and we have to uh, you know, make things different because what we're doing is not what the people like. Uh, I think we we just need a new PR agent. I think we have to start letting people know that it is still a great game. That uh, the the value you get when you go and see a live performance of baseball, whether it's three hours or three hours and a half, it's a wonderful performance done by spectacular athletes and. Um uh I, I think we we just have to bang the drum and bang it a little louder because it's still a great game and um uh we 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 just you know we need that one shot in the arm and I think the Mets uh, doing what they're doing uh, along with the Dodgers doing what they're doing if it could be a coast to coast playoff there oh, and great. then have yep. have another kind of uh you know nationwide series uh going at the end of the year i'd like to see a subway series and and make new york but uh, uh, get at the entire nation's uh attention but uh we'll see how it goes there's really good teams out there right now regretfully there there's not great pennant races and uh that's that's uh, uh you know dimming the fire a little but uh, it's still it's still a great game
2: yeah i mean basically outside the nl east with the mets and the braves maybe cleveland atop the central the rest of the division's already wrapped up and have been for quite some time bobby valentine with us here on the bernie and Sid in the morning show bobby's new book is out valentine's way uh tell me about this book look uh, I'm not sure if it's biographical or not, but you're an amazing guy. You you managed in some of the biggest cities in America, cities like Boston, Los Angeles, New York. But you also had two stints managing baseball and living overseas in Asia, in Japan. So what can we expect in this new book?
11: Well, just uh, about the road that uh, I've taken so far. You know, there's been a lot of bumps in it. And there's been a lot of, uh, you know, downhill slides, uphill slides. I've gotten uh, up when I was down and I... Kind of went down when I was up, and uh, life is an amazing is an amazing thing to experience. And my experience in life is uh, is uh, recorded in Valentine's Way with Peter Golenbach. It's uh, I think everyone tells me it's a good read, and uh, you, even you said as much as you followed me and you questioned me and you knew all the things. I'm sure if you read the book, you'll go, "Holy cow! I can't believe that happened."
2: Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I got to get it today. Give me, me that book
11: today. Give me that book today, because I
2: thought I knew everything about Bobby. You <laughs> kidding me? No, I'm serious. That sounds. Uh, that sounds awesome. And uh, we will get the whole audience to read it Valentine's way. That sounds really, really cool. One thing I do want to say, Bobby, is above and beyond baseball where every New Yorker, whether a baseball fan or not, should love Bobby Valentine, I mean this, is how you, you specifically handled 9-11. I know there was some back and forth between you and Tory and all that stuff. I don't care. Uh, The truth is, you, the Met baseball team, the way you handled it was really magnificent. My late friend Jim Fossil did a very good job with the Giants, too. But of all the managers and all the teams of New York, Bobby, now that you won it, but you get the medal, you were number one,
11: 9-11. Thank you for that. You're kind, Sid. It's, it wasn't about being number one. It was about getting, giving your all. And, and so many gave their all. And I think my all just uh, was a little more up and you know, front and center. And, and uh, my team was spectacular during those days of, of giving of themselves.
2: They were. You and Johnny Franco, that Piazza home run. And one more, you know, we discuss a lot of politics on this show, obviously, number one in New York. People come to us. They love Lee Zeldin. They love Donald Trump, all these types of figures. You actually got into it. You were born in Stamford, Connecticut. You ran for mayor in your hometown of Stamford. Uh, somebody cheated. I don't know. You got job. You should have won, but you didn't. But uh, does that mean that there'll be uh, a rematch? Will Bobby Valentine try this one more time?
11: No, no, said <laughs> And, and I, I don't think I got job. Actually, what I did is I ran an unaffiliated campaign where I built it right from scratch. You know, Stanford, Connecticut, a, a city of 140,000 people, uh, um, you know, kind of banded together on my side. We raised uh you know, three quarters of a million dollars. I think we spent it wisely. We campaigned uh, spectacularly. We never had a negative word mentioned during the entire campaign about about the opposition or the opposition's party. And uh, at the end of the day, a, a thousand votes uh, separated uh, me oh. from the winner. And the uh, mayor right now, I hope, is ready to do a great job because it is a great city and it was a great experience for me. Seven months of you know, understanding what it was like to get in the fray and, and build and to get the support that you needed. And um, uh, I'm just going to check that box and say I've I been there and done that. And uh, I got four years of my life back because I was given four years of my life to my city. And uh, I'm kind of running free right now
2: well you would have been great because you have that leadership ability say what you want about you you get feisty and again I've seen it over the years you're a leader Bobby Valentine I mean that with the utmost respect and a huge testimonial you're a leader you would have been a great mayor you were a great manager a great baseball guy and again, uh, forced into it, 9-11, you were tremendous there. So thank you so much for uh, hopping on this morning. Great luck with your new book. I'm sure it's going to do very, very well. Can't wait to read it. And uh, I'll see you at uh, Shea Stadium. I don't call it city Field. I'll see you at Shea Stadium <laughs> when the Mets and Yankees World Series game One. How about that?
11: Wow, can't wait to see that. And and one last thing, said, if I just could plug, the president of my film company uh, just produced um, – the greatest beer run ever it's coming out soon uh it's it's starting starring zach effort in his cast of other of thousands and wow. uh, i recommend it highly but you, so you you own you,
2: what you own out. bobby you own the film company you own it
11: well i have a film company not the one that did this film my the president of my company Produced the film.
2: That's that's great, because I'm acting now, too, so you and I should talk. And by the way, I have a lot of friends who also went to Sacred Heart University. Thank you, too, for all those great years up in Connecticut. Hey, uh, good to talk to you, and again, we'll talk very, very soon. You're great. Bobby Valentine, thank you.
11: My pleasure, Sid. Love listening to you. Take care.
2: I love talking to you, too. There he is, folks, the great Met manager, great baseball guy, terrific guy overall, my friend, Bobby Valentine. More of Bernie and Sid, including Bill O'Reilly. Right here on the Thursday edition of is Bernie and your Sid. figure less than Greek is your mouth.
1: <laughs> Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Next from a friend of mine, said, As much as I despise Weiner, you made a great radio by holding his feet to the fire on every subject. His ex banging Bradley Cooper was classic, and the Bobby V spot was terrific. Well, thank you for all that. That's why y'all uh, were number one. We continue to be number one. In fact, the ratings keep going up and up and up, and revenue too. So it's been a, uh, a great run and a great show today. Thanks again to Anthony Weiner, Bobby Valentine. Good morning, Dom. How are you, buddy? And uh, Curtis Slewa as well. Still a come, Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. That is the biggest segment of the week. And we know that for a fact based on ratings. People love Bill. He's the all-time best. 905, it looks like it will be the former governor, George Pataki. 925, the great entertainer. Who's the boss? Taxi, Tony Danza, and maybe defense attorney, my dear friend, Joe Tacopina, as well. The weather not cooperating with me right now, I got this uh, big softball game tonight at that gorgeous field on Staten Island. We were there just Sunday with John and Margo and Chad and Emily and the whole crew having our very first ever Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia DCD charity softball game, a charity that me and Danielle put together that was inspired by, ...by my son Gabriel. He's got this proxy here. In fact, I'm talking to Gary Perone right now. And uh, the game is uh, tonight. So if you live on Staten Island, if you live in Brooklyn, you want to meet me... You want to meet Frank Murano, You want to meet uh, a host of WABC Personalities, uh, a couple of my friends who act as well, guys like Peter Gordio and Chris Marmondo from Gravesend. They're all going to be out there later on tonight raising money for a great cause, dyspraxia, which, once again, my son Gabriel was diagnosed with as a young boy. You can read all about that in Citizens United. Go buy the book today on Amazon and check us out tonight, folks. Come on out. Vito Pacella is going to be out there. Johnny Tobacco. All the big wigs from Staten Island will be at that stadium later on tonight. The rain is going to stop. Stop by if you can, please. All right, the big story today, there were two, really. It's Putin talking about his nuclear threat to the world, which Joe Biden did address in his meek, weak, feeble, pathetic speech at the U.N. yesterday. And Tax then, of course, well. what was that again, Joe? Taxes on small and small club. Oh, now I got it. And then, of course, you've got President Donald Trump, this poor guy who was on with Sean Hannity last night on Fox News, and he's enduring more nonsense. Now a lawsuit levied against him by the Attorney General Letitia James, who, as I've said multiple times today, should be disbarred, fired, thrown out of her office, derelict of duty, clearly going after Donald Trump based on political bias. Nothing else. She desperately wanted to get him on a criminal charge. She spent two years, two years, wasting time as New York is falling apart in and around her. Desperately wanted to get Donald Trump on a criminal charge. She couldn't even do it. Instead, a bogus $250 million civil lawsuit where she's defending the banks. And last I checked, the banks, they gave the money to Donald Trump. They didn't have any issues with how he described his other assets. And Donald Trump paid them back. So what's the crime, Letitia? What's the crime, you hate monger? Disbarred today, Letitia James. Anybody who argues that, even Anthony Weiner wouldn't argue that. Anybody who argues that is either driven by personal agenda or stupid and probably closer To the latter. So here it is, your attorney general, this embarrassing idiot, Letitia James, yesterday making the announcement like she did something big here. Lewis, Letitia James, number 11.
6: I am announcing that today we are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law as part of his efforts to generate profits for himself, his family, and his company. A complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, <laughs> thereby cheating all of us. Right. The complaint yeah. demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. He did this with the help of the other defendants, his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump.
2: You believe that? This witch goes after his kids? By the way, if he did all of that, the banks, the banks may have said, no go, Donnie, baby. They do their homework. They do their research. No go. We have figured out that you've elevated the, how cost uh, what your assets really are. We're not lending you the money. The banks didn't do that. The banks gladly gave Donald Trump the money, and Donald Trump paid it back. No mortgages, none. And yet Letitia James is still out there talking about this unjust thing that Donald Trump did, which was not. And then, as you heard there, she attacked his kids. Why would you do that, attacking his kids? Here's Trump's former attorney general himself, Bill Barr, talking about that. Lewis, this is Bill Barr number 14.
4: Now, I'm not even sure she has a a good case against Trump himself, but what ultimately persuades me that this is a a political hit job is uh, she grossly overreaches when she tries to drag the children into this. Yes, they had roles in the business, but this was his personal financial statement. It was prepared by the CFO. Uh, Accounting firms were involved in it. The the children aren't going to know the details of that and be able and nor are they expected in the real world to do their own due diligence and have it you know, reviewed independently. And so uh, this this to me looks like gross overreach, which I think is going to end up backfiring on them.
2: Good. Even Donald Trump himself, once again, courtesy of Sean Hannity, Fox News said last night he never really thought Letitia James would bring a case because she doesn't have a case. This is Trump number 21, courtesy of Fox News.
7: I actually thought that they would never bring a case, and she brought it. And the reason I thought, because she didn't have a case. Uh, I was of the impression she wanted to settle. But I had a problem, because how do you pay something, even if it's a small amount of money, if you're not guilty? This was just a continuation of a witch hunt that began when I came down the escalator at Trump Tower with our, who would know, our great... Future first lady who's done a great job and people love her. But we came down the escalator and it started.
2: Andy McCarthy, we'll really echoing the same thing, really, I should say, echoing the same thing that Bill Barr did. This is nothing more than a political hit job. That's all this is. Again, she wanted a criminal offense, had to settle for a civil offense. Complete nonsense. Lewis, Andy McCarthy, number 17.
13: In New York, All of these prosecutor jobs and state attorney jobs are political. Mm. And when you get that kind of a, a, a seeping in of people's political interests
3: into the legal system, I think it makes for a very unattractive legal system.
2: The other big story, of course, on the cover of today's New York Post is Vladimir Putin now threatening the world with nuclear weapons. There's a picture of the Russian army dragging away some Ukrainian civilian on page one, the, the front page. And then it reads, Putin's horrifying escalation, which, by the way, Russia did in both World War I and World War II. Seemingly doing it again. That is a bad open, and that's why the headline reads, Vlad Omen threatens use of nukes. I'm not bluffing. Bans young men from leaving Russia. Forcibly drafts 300,000 to the Ukraine. So if you missed it with the translator, here is, in fact, Vladimir Putin saying, hey, I've got nukes, and I'll use them, number one.
1: I want to remind those who allow themselves such statements about Russia that our country also has a variety of weapons of destruction. And if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will, without question, use all the means at our disposal to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff.
2: Not a bluff. Ooh. So there's Joe Biden, our feckless, feeble leader,
9: all 80 years of him, eating his food with a straw. I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together. I don't have them saying, wait a minute. How old are you? What did I say? Does that make you feel great?
2: So there he is yesterday at the U.N. And he's firing back. Vladimir Putin, you ain't going to mess with us.
9: Here he is, Joe Biden. Cut number two. President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the Non-Proliferation Regime. Now, Russia is calling, calling up more soldiers to join the fight, and the Kremlin is organizing a sham referendum <laughs> to try to annex parts of Ukraine—an extremely <coughs> significant. <coughs> violation of the U.N.
2: Charter. All right, he cares, Putin. Then
9: he goes on here, cut
2: number three, and he doesn't like violence. Not Joe
9: Biden. Cut number three, Lou. I reject the use of violence and war to conquer nations or expand borders through bloodshed, to stand against global politics of fear and coercion, to defend the sovereign rights of smaller nations as equal to those of larger ones, to embrace basic principles like freedom of navigation, respect for international law, and arms control. No matter what else we may disagree on, that is the common ground upon which we must stand.
3: Weak. So weak. (laughs) And so we could see Putin. Maybe we yeah. should be
2: rethinking. Putin's this. like, uh, where's that red button? I Let's do it.
3: I don't know. He sounds very tough. I don't
2: <laughs> know. All right. This is no threat. This uh, but, is a threat. But, of course, on a day where Joe Biden speaks at the U.N. and Vladimir Putin threatens the world with nuclear war, Donald Trump talked about that, too. Once again, courtesy of Sean Hannity and Fox News. And he made the very obvious point. Hey, folks, if I'm in power... <laughs> this ain't happening. Donald Trump, number 24.
7: Happens to a former president, etc., etc. I hate to use the word former because I have a lot of problems with what happened. But the fact is, and we wouldn't be having all these problems that we have right now, by the way, with Ukraine and Russia talking about nuclear weapons now.
2: Wouldn't be the case if Donald Trump was president. 2024 can't come soon enough. So there you have it, folks. The big stories of the day. Putin. Ready to go nuclear. Letitia James, New York's Attorney General, needs to be disbarred right now. Lee Zeldin and Kathy Holker will debate only once. Pace University, October the 25th. And the Yankees scored 14 runs last night, but Aaron Judge is still at 60. Lydia Reports, Bill O'Reilly, Governor George Pataki, and entertainer Tony Danza, all coming up. Keep it right here, plus Lou Dobbs, on this, the Thursday edition of the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York. We are Bernie and Sid.
1: Tell me. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
14: I'm Lou Dobbs. Investors adjusting to more pain from the Fed. Moderna considers COVID vaccines for China. Meta cutting costs but not staff. Those stories next. Inflation's at its highest level and in decades. Interest rates skyrocketing and a recession may be looming. And retirement accounts are especially vulnerable. As you consider steps to protect your future, call the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold. They're the highest rated firm in the field with an A-plus rating. They can show you their suggestions for protecting your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and And silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And if you call 866-611-1277 right now, tell them Lou sent you. And they'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call 866 611 1277. That's 866 611 1277. This
1: is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
14: Wall Street reacting to a third consecutive 75 basis point interest rate hike from the Federal Reserve yesterday. The Dow Jones Industrials fell more than 500 points. The NASDAQ down more than 200. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell warns more aggressive rate hikes are likely to continue. After yesterday's interest rate hike, the Fed benchmark rate is the highest it's been since the financial crisis of 2008. Moderna's chief medical officer says he's eager to supply China with its COVID vaccine. Moderna's been in talks with the Chinese but no decision has been made. Facebook's Meta Platforms is considering cost-cutting measures to combat stalling growth. There have been no layoffs yet, but there is a hiring freeze. As ad revenue drops, Meta stock falls down 58% so far this year. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
1: Keep listening for more to 77WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report.
15: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
4: This is
14: Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani.
10: Said, if it wasn't bad enough that we look weak on the world stage because of the behavior by President Biden, he also made us weak because we're no longer energy independent. And instead, we're begging Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and other adversaries for for oil. Now there comes word that the Air Force Academy has issued a diversity training course oh, yeah. telling cadets to use words that include all genders, and to drop the words mom and dad.
2: Oh, come on. I, I do not end. I mean, I just, you know, I will say this. Uh, when Bernie was here, he would yell and scream that our military is not the same. It's too woke, and China would kick our ass. And I've had these discussions now with a lot of folks, including Gordon Chang. And the one thing I do want to say is that is not true. We saw the best military in the world. There was nobody, nobody—not China, not Russia—that can beat us. If, in fact, we do have some type of military conflict, but—but but, with all that said, these types of things, Lydia, very depressing.
10: It is very depressing. They had a slide presentation titled diversity and inclusion. What is why we care and what we can do. And instead of using words like mom and dad, use words like folks or y'all or guys or partner. <laughs> y'all. And don't say colorblind. Don't say I don't see color, but say I'm color conscious. Oh, no colorblind. Color. You can't. You
2: can't use colorblind. Why is that a shot to Stevie Wonder? What's the issue there?
10: I guess so. You don't want to say, like, I don't see any color, but you're color conscious. And then AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's now blaming capitalism for the decreasing birth rates, especially among young people. Nothing to do with the fact that there's a moral decay in society and people are simply not getting married anymore and everybody's doing more drugs and even STDs are skyrocketing throughout the country. It has nothing to do with any of that. Oh, no, no. She said it has to do with capitalism. Take a listen. Under the burdens of capitalism and under living under a society that's increasingly concentrating wealth among the rich, we're not having kids and or we're not having kids at the same rate. And we actually need immigrant populations to help balance things out. We can't continue to fund Social Security, Medicare, all of this stuff without immigrants. Sure. The immigrants aren't contributing to health care. They're not contributing to the social security. Right. It's going to be exactly. years upon years of that. So, they, I yeah, okay, they can increase the birth rates, but then who's who's carrying, you know, the tax burden? Who has to pay for everything? There's something really going on. These people are so woke, and in, and they're going to make our country broke. They're also going to make us susceptible to invasion, which is already happening at the southern border. I mean, they are dismantling democracy bit by bit, and the scary part is— Democrats are just sitting by, letting it happen, and cheering it on. Well, like I got news for like you. your you know, president, Joe Biden.
2: I know, but you, you say Democrats are. I got news for you. My party, our party, Republicans, not much better. I mean, I have very little faith in people like Mitch McConnell, McCarthy, all these big wigs outside of guys like Trump, DeSantis, none of them are exactly profiles and courage either. So while Democrat policies are destroying this country, you could make the argument that the feckless Republican Party isn't helping Lydia. Not even a little.
10: I, I couldn't agree more. We'll talk about this and a lot more. John Katz Matiti's Cats at Night, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it.
2: As always, Lydia, terrific job folks. She's really good. Lydia Serrani, check her out on Twitter at Lydia News. Instagram as well, at Lydia News one Sits alongside John Katz and Matitis every weekday afternoon for our great drive-time show, Cats at Night. How do you beat that? Me in the morning and Cats at Night in the afternoon. You really can't beat that. On the Red
1: Apple Podcast Network.
5: t black and egg white. Lydia
2: mentioned blind This is uh, the great song Colorblind by Adam Duritz and the Counting Crows. 8.40 on your Thursday morning. We put this time aside. For the guy that uh, is the best of all time, it's simple. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights here on WABC Radio or his own site, which does incredibly well. Millions go there, BillO'Reilly.com. He's got great interviews and great columns, great TV show. Of course, you know about the Killing Series, the Legends, the latest one, is uh, coming out on Danielle's birthday, September the 27th. He had that great tour last year with President Trump. And he's here, of course, every Thursday. They're getting us huge ratings. Here he is, my friend, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill.
12: Hey, thanks for that plug. Uh, we had a big surge last night on BillOReilly.com buying Killing the Legends, pre-ordering it. It'll be out next Tuesday, and uh, I might sneak in Tuesday to, to bother you on this book uh, on day of launch. Oh, you so have what, to do
2: that. You have to do that, yes. Please what, do that.
12: Uh, yeah. What better strategy than talk to Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> and you read the book, is that correct? I
2: read the book. I love the book. All right, well. I think it's great. And, and, I, and I think after I read the book, because I remember thinking to myself, are these the right three people? I got the idea. I knew what you yep. wanted to do. Are these the right three people? And I have to tell you. Boy, did you nail it. Those are the right three people.
12: Well, we'll talk about it next week because we had a lot to talk about today on the political front. Um, but this is a serious book of history. And that's what people – is not some uh, Hollywood reporter book. Uh, this is how these three men, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and Muhammad Ali, influenced every single American up to today. How we live today and how we look at the culture today. But anyway, I've been listening to your program. There's lots of stuff going on. What do you want to know?
2: Well, I guess, we can, first of all, I'm still basking in the glory of hanging out with you at the Met game last week in Steve Cohen's suite with the likes of guys like John Ledecky and Ralph Macchio. So thank you again. That was a thrill, and you're just the best to hang out with. But uh, on the serious front, let's start with this ridiculous, embarrassing sham of a civil lawsuit. I've been saying all morning long, Bill, Letitia James should be disbarred today. That's not me being over dramatic. I really believe that what she's doing to Donald Trump embarrassing,
12: but it's shrewd, and here's why. And and this is again why when you watch the media, you'll never get any of this. So, Hochul's having trouble. Lee Zeldin is gaining, and next week I think there might be some new data on that. So if you look at Uh, the political commercials on television is all now Lee Zeldin and Donald Trump uh, go to camp together. They're big buddies, uh, everything Trump, Zeldin, Trump, Zeldin. So Letitia James and and Kathy Hochul are uh, soul sisters. Okay. And so James says, well, we'll drop it now five weeks before the vote. And this will reignite the hatred of Donald Trump and people will put aside the other, Um, issues that matter, violence and taxes, and they'll say, oh, no, we can't vote for anybody who actually is friends with Donald Trump. That's (laughs) what this is all about. Right. It has nothing to do with real estate. And and here's the uh, clincher on that statement. Donald Trump's organization paid back every penny to all the banks who lent it money. So what's the beef?
2: Right. I mean, the banks uh, voluntarily lent him the money. Like you said, there's no mortgages. It's all paid back. Right. So if the banks aren't bitching, why is Letitia James?
12: Excellent point, because if the banks were bitching, as you say, they would have attached themselves to the lawsuit. They didn't. Now, I got all these texts from my liberal friends yesterday going, oh, this is a great, you know, because they want uh, a noose around Trump's neck. And I said, well, why didn't she, if it's so heinous, why didn't she charge him criminally? Right. Oh, she couldn't. Well, that's not true. That's an absolute lie. If an attorney general is investigating you, any, any New Yorker or any state, and they come across evidence of bank fraud, bank fraud is a felony. They have to.
2: Well, right. You did, but, but, you, but you just answered their own question. They were right. They, she couldn't because there is no crime.
12: Well, she knew that she couldn't prove that, and she looked stupid. And she knew that the civil litigation is a lot easier because the preponderance of evidence—it's uh, not evidence with uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. I don't want to get too pinheady here, but this is a big con. Now, what was likely to happen is there will be a settlement. Okay, this is not going to court. But the only reason that we're paying attention to it is to knock Lee Zeldin down.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Trump, too, you're right. But Lee Zeldin, that's a great, 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 great point. How sleazy and low, Bill Barr even brought this up, do you think it was for Letitia James to include the kids? I know the kids work there. I get it, Donald, Derek, the whole thing. But how sleazy was that, if at all?
12: Well, again, it's part of the demonization of uh, the Democratic Party in New York State, they know that most people living here do not like the Trump family, so why not throw it in? <laughs> but here's what people don't know: when Trump filed for the loan applications to the banks, and again, this is pinheady, but I, you know, I think it needs to be reported. His organization put a disclaimer on the filing. That said, look, these are our estimates of what this property is worth, but you might want to do your own. These are just ours. There's no way on earth that this is gonna go Letitia James's way. It's just not. No. no. So when you strip it all down, if we had a responsible press in New York, they would be saying exactly what I'm saying. This is a political play. This is the democratic machine an alliance between Attorney General and the governor to knock out the governor's opponent.
2: You know, the last couple of months, Bill O'Reilly, right on the money here, of course, it's always the best. The last couple of months, the Mar-a-Lago raid, I think that that backfired. I think that works in Trump's favor now. January 6th, that nonsense. And they might indict him over that, I don't know, but that really backfired. That was nonsense. Now you've got this, doesn't it seem like all these attempts by the Democrats to hammer Donald Trump, or working in his favor?
12: It's hard to say. Um, There comes a point of exhaustion, and we've reached it with Donald Trump and the American public. So uh, after DeSantis did that uh, migrant thing in Martha's Vineyard, his notoriety and his poll numbers jumped way up. In fact, he passed Donald Trump in Republican favorability in Florida. Well wow. so it's not so much that um Trump is doing anything he's not. He's just basically playing golf. But the American people are in in, in the Republican party and in the independent precincts are saying now well, maybe it would be better to get somebody else in here because we're exhausted it's never going to end it just wears you down it's right. like your kid who wants the ice cream? But you don't want to get him the ice cream because he's already had four snow cones, <laughs> and the kid won't stop. Oh, I want the ice cream? <laughs> just to shut the kid up. Yep. you yep. jam the cone yep. in his face. Well, that's
2: a, that's a great analogy. But what do you think? You know, again, do you think that the Republicans may be better off with a guy like DeSantis who shares the same exact policies as Donald Trump with all that? extra baggage and like you talked about the trump exhaustion factor
12: i don't do party analysis i don't care about either party i'm a registered independent my job's to watch all the powerful um if you are going to vote on effectiveness you go with the guy who's been effective right if you want a home run hitter you sign Aaron Judge. He's hit 60. <laughs> All right? You don't say, I got a big guy in the minors who might hit 60. That would be DeSantis. So if if you're a voter who says, look, Trump did X, Y, and Z in his four years in the White House, and so I would like that to come back. Low inflation, fairly secure border at the end. So I'll take a a chance on a new guy, um, I'd like the old guy back. There's going to be a lot of that, Um, but it is really, really too early to tell now. My question, I have a question that has never been answered, and I I can't get an answer to it. What on earth, why would Donald Trump want to take all of these documents to Mar-a-Lago? For what reason?
2: I don't know, but I do know that Barack Obama, for example, Bill, and if I'm wrong, you'll correct me, he took a lot more, uh, many more boxes, many more documents. Yeah, but
12: that was for a book he wrote. Is that and, right? And, he and and he and his wife got a record amount of money to sign a book contract. That's well, so why you're, you're telling
2: that. me all, all the the boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that Obama took home was all for a book?
12: Yeah. Wow. Primarily so. So it doesn't make sense for any president to remove classified documents from the White House and send them somewhere. Wait a second, but
2: but you're intimating then right now, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you're you're Bill O'Reilly, you're the legend, but you're intimating that maybe there was some misconduct.
12: No, I'm not saying that at all. I don't know the motive. There's always a motive, particularly with Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't do anything without a transaction behind it. But that has not been expressed by anybody. I don't know why he did this. If you want to have a record of what you did in the White House, that's easily compiled. You don't have to take the original document. Hmm. You don't. You can just copy it, put it on your phone, put it in your computer bank, whatever it is. You don't take it. Do we
2: know, though? He, do we know well, even today, though, from Merrick Garland or somebody else what they really thought was in those boxes? No. And,
12: right, we we don't know don't. anything. <laughs> That's why this story is so frustrating, because there isn't any logic to it. There's no logic to it. If what Trump says is true, that his people were negotiating in good faith to give the archives what the archives was requesting, there was no need for an FBI raid. Right. Now, Republicans and conservatives and traditional believe that the FBI was working in concert with the Democratic Party to destroy Trump. That's what they believe. And that could be true based on the FBI's record. But again, we're living in a country now where none of this is defined. We don't know. So, I'm, you know, I know Trump pretty well. I, I talk to his lawyers and this and that. Nobody can answer the question. There were classified documents taken from the White House to ma lago Why?
2: Yeah. Well, and then do you believe that he declassified them because that seems to be theories?
12: Nobody knows. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, Trump says he didn't do anything wrong. I don't think he did anything wrong, but that's just an opinion. All right. I mean, because it doesn't stack up with what his whole modus operandi is. Right. Was he trying to sneak documents out of there knowing that he could be charged with a felony? Does that make any sense to anybody?
2: No. But all of this really is not that important when you consider, Bill, who cares about documents, who cares about Donald Trump, who cares about Mar-a-Lago, when we are facing the very real threat, and it could be any day now, of being blown to smithereens by Vladimir Putin. Are you taking that seriously?
12: Well, I don't know what a smithereen is. (laughs) So uh, if I knew, I might be afraid. Okay. (laughs) All right. Look, Putin's desperate. Desperate people say desperate things. And they do desperate things. Yeah. So there's a one in 50 chance that Putin would do something like that. But if he does, that's suicide for Putin. All right. So he's killing himself. So what I told uh, my viewer and listenership on uh, the No Spin News last night, which runs as common sense on WABC at 9 p.m., is the United States has good intel inside Russia. And I know that because I wrote Killing the Killers. I know what our intelligence capacity is all over the world. I'm one of the few human beings in a country who know that. Right. So we have a lot of good intel coming out of Russia. If Putin were ever to make a move to start to prepare a nuclear weapon for use, we would know that well in advance. It's not like he's going to wake up in the morning, grab the phone, and go, hey, (laughs) nuke key." No, that's not the way it works. You've got to do a whole bunch of stuff to get that in – in an active capacity. Right. So I'm not so worried about this at this point. I know a lot of people are, and then you turn on the cable TV. Well, what if he does What? We'll all be mutants. Did you see that movie where the mutants <laughs> came and then zombies ate everybody? You know, I, can you please give me a break? Uh, <laughs> Just now, give be rational for 10 seconds. No, I'm
2: with you. I, I think the whole thing is silly. I don't think he's going to nuke everybody like you said. That's suicide. But, but... He is losing this war. Yes, he is. And he's now doing things that Russia did that we saw back in World War I and World War II. And the good news is, is Bill, I watched Joe Biden at the U.N. yesterday, and he soothed all my concerns.
12: I'm kidding, of course.
2: <laughs> I mean, what is that? What kind of leader, Bill O'Reilly, is that? What
8: is that?
12: Just one example. So everybody listening to us all over the world can put it into perspective. So he goes up there, and he says some good things, that the United States is not going to let Iran get a nuclear weapon. Good thing. That he's not going to back down from Putin. Good thing. Then he gets into the climate crisis. See, it's not climate change anymore. It's stupid. It's a climate crisis, right? <laughs> Pakistan is underwater. Did you know that? I did not know. <laughs> It's underwater, everyone in Pakistan has been issued a snorkel. They're underwater. Then he says the United States is going to uh, spend 362, not 360, 362 billion dollars to fight climate change. Okay, this is another 362 going out from our treasury with a 31 trillion dollar debt. Okay. And then he's up there all noble. Yes, we are going to take the lead. We're going to fight the climate crisis. He doesn't mention that China, India, and Russia are not going to cooperate at all on any climate change stuff. So all the money we are spending means nothing. (laughs) Wow. When those three countries, and India is sitting right in front of him. Right in front of him. Doesn't say a word. It's like, oh, the West is going to fight climate change. Well, what about those countries? (laughs) They're not going to do it. They're building coal plants. Do you not get this? He doesn't want to get it. He wants to be a virtue signaler. Kinda of like Bobby V that you had on. Yeah. Bobby yeah. looked to be a virtue signaler. <laughs> Bobby V did a good job at the Mets, by the
2: way. Yes, he did. He did. We got the NLCS. We got to the World Series. He flamed out. He went nuts. Kinda of like Nero. But uh he uh he, he's a nice guy. Uh Biden, I don't know. Anyway, listen, if I get to see you twice next week, Tuesday when the book comes out, and Thursday, that, that means that I'll get Two great days of ratings, so I want to do that, of course.
12: Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll book that, and I want to do a first interview on WABC, which is our flagship station now. Um, for uh, Common Sense at 9 o'clock, and then we do, of course, a 15-minute update before Curtis at noon. So we will slot that in, and I hope everybody uh, considers Killing the Legends, the lethal danger of celebrity.
2: They will buy it. It is a great book, Killing the Legends. Maybe the best, uh, maybe the best of the whole Killing series, and they're all amazing books. And when I say Bill O'Reilly, you're the best of all time, I mean it, every word of it. Thank you so much for another great appearance. We'll talk again in a couple of days, buddy. Thank you.
12: All right, Sid. Thank you. You're the man.
2: The great Bill O'Reilly right there. Get that book. Get it. Killing the legends from the legend himself, Bill O'Reilly. Here's another legend. Adam Duritz, Counting Crows, Colorblind.
1: Stutter, Shocking uptight. W-A-B-C. People, listen to people.
11: I want to rock!
1: Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Every day is like Sunday. Sunday, the Jets will host the Cincinnati Bengals. The Giants, 2-0, take on Dallas on Monday night. Week three of the NFL starts tonight. Big AFC North rival, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns. Steelers getting four and a half. It's way too many points. Uh, Not that I gamble, but if I did, I would take the Steelers. And um, what else? You know, I'm doing this um, podcast now here. And it's the top five sports stories of the day, three times a week. Chad Lopez convinced me. You know, I never say no to Chad. I just, I can't say no. He brought me back from Florida. Now I'm a huge star in New York. I really owe it all to Chad. So whatever he asks me, I do. I mean, I, I don't have enough time in the day to do this podcast, but I can't say no to Chad. I did the first one yesterday and it got a million hits, a million. Well, well so. you got to wear pants though from now on. That's
3: when he asked you to do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is you only see me from the waist up, so I can do the Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lupin. no pants. And uh, my daughter Ava's going away to college tomorrow, and it's killing me. I, I, I'm, I'm not doing well, so. And uh, stop telling me it's a beautiful time and, and shut up. I'm begging you to shut up. She's my um, oldest child, my daughter, and I'm supposed to walk by her bedroom and see her. She's in a different country as of tomorrow Wales. My beautiful wife, Danielle, taking you in the morning, and it's, it's just killing me. So I got a lot going on, but um, what a show today, huh, folks? Bill O'Reilly, Bobby Valentine. We also spoke to, um, who else was on the show? Oh, Anthony Weiner, Curtis Sliver. Curtis. And now joining us is a guy I've really grown, to, I love this guy, I really do. He was a great governor here in New York, the last Republican governor. Hopefully, not the last ever. Hopefully, Zeldin wins this time around. Making a return to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, my friend, George Pataki. George, good morning. How are you, pal?
15: Good morning, Sid. I'm doing great. Good to be on with you. I'm sorry, you're going to miss your daughter. I remember when my first one went away, and it, it takes a while. Where did he go? Uh, they went to Connecticut it wasn't well else I can right I mean that. I
2: mean yeah so you got there in like three hours I gotta got listen like, George I gotta fly to London and then take a two hour train just to see my daughter well you're gonna do it knowing you you are gonna do it know <laughs> it's gonna be fun and I'm happy for her, but it's killing me uh, listen so you came out a couple of days ago George and you endorsed Lee Zeldin, and a friend of mine said I swear to God thank God George did that but What took them so long?
15: What's what's the answer to that? You know, I mean, uh, you you talk politics every day, but most people don't even uh, pay any attention until after Labor Day. Uh, And and so you endorse in August. uh, You know, people are all over the place. They have other things going on. You endorse after Labor Day. The public is starting to pay attention. And in my view, it has a greater impact. I mean, I would have been happy to do, to do it earlier, uh, but uh, there was no question, both in the Zeldin camp and in my, with my people, that waiting until after Labor Day was the right time to do it, to have people pay the greatest amount of te- attention to it.
2: Uh, you know what? That all makes sense, but I'll tell you why some people got confused. Because on this show, being the honest man that you are, you, uh, you've always wanted Lee Zeldin to win from day one, made no bones about that, but you were a little critical. A little critical of Lee uh, early on there. You know, you didn't think he was aggressive enough, not enough press conferences. Now you're waiting until after Labor Day. So folks said maybe Pataki, in his heart of hearts, doesn't really love Lee Zeldin. That's why some people ask that question.
15: I'll tell you, uh, very simply, Lee is the right guy to lead New York for the next four years. And we got to change things. This state is headed in the wrong direction. There's no question about it. You know, and I'm a Republican and, you know, you can't win with just Republican votes. But I think most Democrats look around the city, look around the state and say, my God, things are headed in the wrong direction. We got to try something new. And there's no question in my mind that the person who can bring that change is Lee Zeldin.
2: Now, do you think, though, and I agree with everything you just said, but do you think in the last couple of weeks, has he been more aggressive doing more of the things that you'd like to see to ensure he gets a win in November?
15: Yeah, he's out there. He's working hard. He's campaigning hard. The problem is the media just doesn't pay attention. And, and, you know, this is about the governor of New York state and only happens once every four years. And this should be a close election. And yet Lee isn't getting the attention that I think he wants. I mean, you look what happens, what's happening on the streets. You look how the schools are doing. Uh, And I think I would hope, That not just you and WABC, but others in the media take a look and say, we've got to take a serious look at Zeldin. He may have better ideas. He may be able to turn this state around.
2: I'm exhausted, George. I feel like I'm I'm carrying the torch for all these people because outside of me and some shows on this station and the New York Post, like you said, there's nobody out there really championing our cause. And above and beyond the crime, the taxes, all those other things, George, do you remember a politician Who served less than a year, who had this many corruption scandals, donors up to $300,000, $700 million contracts, lieutenant governors getting arrested. Have you ever seen anything like what has been surrounding Kathy Hochul for less than a year?
15: No, nothing like this you know and, and new york is ridiculously expensive the taxes are too high they're talking about having massive billion dollar deficits in the city and state next year what are they going to do they're going to look to raise our taxes even more and drive more people to florida so uh you have you can't you can't allow contracts to require the state to pay twice what they should uh it was absolutely wrong it should be investigated you know and i uh, I saw James's uh, indictment, or not indictment, but lawsuit against Trump. I mean, they've been searching for years, and the best they can come up with is that he might, might have inflated the value of some property he donated. Why isn't anybody looking in Albany? Right. But why aren't any of the U.S. attorneys or the prosecutors or the attorney general taking a look at contracts like where the taxpayers are paying twice as much as California for the same tests? I mean, this is ridiculous, but uh, we just don't have a system that is fair because one side gets investigated night and day and the other you can have headlines. Calling for an investigation and nothing happened.
2: I mean, Bill O'Reilly was just on right before you, George, and he said he said, "Look, the, the the bottom line is all these corruption scandals for billions of dollars in and around Kathy Hochul will never get investigated because her friend is Letitia James, and as you just mentioned, her friend Letitia James is trying to trying to get Trump." For getting money from banks, by the way, which they approved, and he paid every penny back. I mean, this is so embarrassing for the Attorney General, George. I don't know what to say.
15: You know, I, I was I was shocked by how weak it appears to be, uh, and and you know, I certainly agree with O'Reilly that the likelihood that she'd investigate Huckle very is very very slim. But you have U.S. attorneys out there. You don't just have one. You have the U.S. attorney in Albany. You have the U.S. attorney in New York City. These are federal funds, by and large, that were used for the COVID response and buying those tests. Where are they? You know, they're supposed to have great integrity and be above politics. Uh, I don't see them doing anything. Uh, And it's just very discouraging, you know, And, and and said. You know, you say you feel lonely out there. I'll tell you, as a Republican in New York has fought the fight every year in many races up and down the ballot trying to help people I believe in, it is a lonely fight. But ultimately, it's a fight that's worth fighting. You can't just look the other way. You need to have confidence that one of these days the voters, including Democrats, are going to wake up and say, hey, we can't keep doing the same thing. Things have got to change. And the person who can change things in New York State this year is Lee Zeldin. And, it's that simple. And, and the and,
2: polls uh, are, are uh, saying that now. You know this, Governor Pataki. Some of these polls, uh, Hochul's up by as many as 18 points. It's down to four. You've got Democrats like Bob Holden in Queens. He's endorsing Lee Zeldin, not Kathy Hochul. But let's go to you. Okay? Okay, The numbers were the same 30 years ago in terms of Democrats in New York City, New York State, to what they are now. But uh, you found a way to win. So let's rewind the tape for Lee Zeldin and ask the man himself, the last Republican, to win this position. What did you do? What did you run on? How did you make sure you won in this state as a Republican? Uh,
15: it, it was very simple to me. I had three issues that I knew that the, the people of New York felt needed changing. crime. Crime, crime, crime. New York, people forget because we were safe for so long. New York State was the most dangerous state in America when I ran for office. The most dangerous state we had almost three thousand murders a year, wow. and we had to change the laws in Albany. So that was point one, you know. And by the way, uh, to the listeners, it's not just New York City where crime is through the roof. Rochester, New York, has had almost fifty murders this year. Yeah, Rochester's not a big city. It's just outrageous what's happening across the state. You got, yeah, other crime, cities crime, like
2: crime. Syracuse, uh, Syracuse, Binghamton, Utica, Monticello—all those cities are being ravaged by crime. And quite frankly, no industry.
15: Absolutely. Crime, crime, crime. And the second thing, as you said, is no industry. Uh, And taxes are way too high. I said I was going to cut taxes. Uh, And we did cut taxes after I got elected. We had the highest taxes in the country. We do again. It's just outrageous that for what we get, where you have the mentally homeless out on the streets, where you have the schools, public schools that aren't working, and yet our taxes are through the roof. So I ran on crime, taxes. And the third thing was welfare reform. You know, we had a system where you could be on welfare for life, never even think about getting a job, being a healthy young adult, uh, and the state just sent you checks. And I said, we were gonna change that. We were gonna make welfare recipients work. I think the equivalent this time, said is mental illness. You can't have the mentally ill living on street corners or pushing people in front of subway trains. We have to get them off the streets for their own safety, not just our safety. So I think the issues are there. They're very similar. I think the solutions are there, and Lee Zeldin would advance those solutions. So I think the opportunity is very real for Lee to win come November.
2: Every time you come on with me, and I don't say this just because you're my friend and blowing smoke up your butt, uh, George, but every time you come on with me, I know you ran for president in 2016. There were some rumors that maybe you get into this governor's race uh, before Zeldin, of course, wrapped that up. But every time you're on, George, I'm like, this guy should do it again. I mean you 've got fire, i 'm serious you 've got fire you 've got energy you 're brilliant, you know what 's wrong, you know what 's going on. Very simply, have you ruled out George Pataki running for something again?
15: I said I think it's highly unlikely. you know, I do have passion about this because I spent most of my life trying to make this state a better place, uh, and you see it going down the tubes the way it is today, and how can you not be passionate if you, if you don't care? Uh, then you don't have, you don't you shouldn't have space on this earth you got to care about what's happening in your community and to your state and to the country so so i care desperately but what i really hope is to find the right candidates i can get behind and give my energy give my support give my enthusiasm and my ideas to them to them and right now that's for lee elder he's the guy he's the one out front he's the one who's put his his uh, neck in the noose to go out there and try to change this state and I just hope he has the chance to do it.
2: Me too. You are uh, so great, Governor Pataki. As always, thank you for coming on. It's always an honor for me. It's a big deal. That's how much I respect you and like you. So thank you so much. And let's do it again very, very soon. Thank you, buddy.
15: Thank you, Sid. It's always an honor for me to be on with you.
2: Uh, me too. Thank you. There he is, folks. The esteemed, the great Governor George Pataki. And he's made it very, very clear. Don't, uh, <laughs> no confusion here. He is enthusiastically... And I mean enthusiastically endorsing Lee Zeldin. Coming up next, he was a big-time, I mean huge, huge TV star. on not just one, but two of the most popular sitcoms of all time. And he's still out there singing, dancing, telling jokes, and putting on live shows. We'll talk to that guy coming up next on Bernie and Sid.
12: Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and
1: Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: I'm glad you played this, Taxi. Everybody thinks of Who's the Boss for Tony. I go right to Taxi. By the way, Phantom of the Opera is closing. It's been 35 years, and uh, your old partner there at WOR, Mark Riddell, must be ready to kill himself. Oh. Yeah, Markers, somebody. Yeah, whatever. He's a nice guy, but he's a tr- he's an awful radio host. I mean, just terrible. That whole show was an abortion. Anyway, uh, joining me next is uh, a mega-superstar, Who's the Boss, Taxi and uh, he just did a movie on Netflix, actually, which is a pretty good, good cop. And he's, uh, he's a really talented guy. He's become a friend over the years. And you know, I just saw Ralph Macchio at the Met game last week, and I'm going to see my friend Scott Baio at Severian High School in Brooklyn on Saturday night. This guy's kind of the same thing. The Italian guys that never age. Here he is, the very handsome Tony Danza.
8: Oh, gee, Sid, here's the extra 10. That was great. <laughs> you like that? Uh, no, but it's true. These guys, like tough. Machio, Bayo. you, you don't age. What's going on with you guys? Yeah, how's Machio? He's a good guy. He's, he's really a great a guy. guy. I like Ralph. He's a great guy, yeah, and really uh, guy. that show's doing great, that uh, Cobra Kai show. It's kicking ass. I, 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 I know it may, amazing, you know, you know. And if you remember, that was Jerry Weintraub. Remember Jerry Weintraub, the great producer. Sure, yeah. He passed away a few years ago, but he was uh, he was the guy who promoted Elvis, and uh, he he was this big time. And that was his uh, his last, you know, his the Karate Kid was yeah. his last uh, his last big thing. Yeah. Now, before we get to a Hollywood st- moment, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, before we get to standards and stories, Tony, you didn't hear the theme there gotcha. from Taxi. And, of course, people right away, uh, they think of who is the boss. You were great with that. You will listen to the whole crew, Judith. But I got to tell you, for, for my whole life, I've been saying, Tony, that Cheers had the biggest and greatest cast ever. Like, everybody was on Cheers, became a superstar. Then I started thinking about Taxi. I know that some of your friends are gone now, Andy and Mary Lou and um, uh, Jeff no, Conaway. Mary, Mary,
8: Mary Lou's still around. Mary Lou's still around. Jeff's gone. Jeff's gone. Mary and, uh, Lou's still around. Andy Kaufman died, though. Right, 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 yeah, but yeah. but
2: but the cast on you know, that it, show, Tony, that may be the the greatest cast of all time.
8: Let me tell you, I think so. Uh, we, you know, what else too? We get together. We've been getting together once a month on a Zoom. The whole bunch of us with Jim Brooks, Chris, Danny, Carol, uh, you know, and 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 it's hysterical. They're, and we're still so close. And I'm telling you, you know, you got to remember that was the that was the break. That was my break. Okay, thank you very much. Um,
2: What are you, in Starbucks?
8: uh, (laughs) No, you won't believe where I am. You won't believe where I am. I'm getting the vaccine. I'm getting my booster. And you're going with me. Oh, my God. You're going with me.
2: Who is making
8: making you get
2: this booster, Tony?
8: Are you crazy? My daughter's getting married. My daughter's getting married next month. Mazel tov. And? Yes, (laughs) dear. This
2: is live coverage of Tony Danza's booster shot. Only on.
8: <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. No, that's okay. You got uh, you we got 300
2: people coming to the wedding, so you got to get the booster, right? That's how it works.
8: Yes, I don't want to get. I don't want to get sick. Plus, I'm opening up this thing. I I, I can't get sick. I'm doing a, I'm doing raising Canaan that show on on stars. I'm busy. No, I understand I I get it I'm just afraid
2: I understand Hey, listen, let me tell you something, Tone You know, I knew you from TV, obviously Now I know you're in real life You're a great guy But years and years ago Tony, I'm going back like almost 30 years ago I went to Kutcher's And I actually saw you On a Saturday night at Kutcher's Hotel Do your whole one-man show Dancing, tap dancing, singing, telling jokes And I said to my wife, I go Oh my God! Tony Danz is like really talented, so uh standards <laughs> and stories that really is another chance for you to show everybody you're not just that TV yeah. character,
8: you're an immensely talented guy. Well you know what else Sid? What's happened? I've been doing it now for a long time. I finally got good at it. It's really <laughs> something you know you work and work and work, <laughs> and all of a sudden it clicks yeah. and now this show is so this show has been so. It's been so successful. People really, it really lands. And and I'm singing. I'm singing the best I've ever seen. I mean, tonight is uh, the Norman Lee 100th uh, birthday special. I sing on the, on there with just the piano. Wow. not see me. I'm getting crazy. I'm out of control. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, you're good, you know, though. Hey, you're, you.
8: you're really good.
2: You're like Joe it Piscopo, really man of many talents.
8: It's the most fun. I'm telling you, doing it is the most fun. And now, you know, the other thing is I'm playing the ukulele. And so I've adapted the American songbook to the ukulele. And it's it's incredible. Like tonight we're gonna do this week we're gonna do Billy Holiday on the ukulele. Oh wow. That's gonna be awesome. That's gotta be
2: awesome. Billy Holiday on the ukulele. How does a kid from Brooklyn end up playing the ukulele? I mean it's it's, you almost couldn't make it up.
8: You know that Yeah, wait a minute, you won't believe this. So I got a thought for the day, Cal. The thought for the day, Cal is one of those things that tells you, you know, be strong, life's tough and all that. Yeah. Well, this one day it says, one day it says, get a ukulele. Well, by the way, yesterday it said, if a kid tells you he's going to throw up, believe him. But anyway, it it says, get a ukulele, a chord book, practice 30 minutes a day. For 30 days, you'll play for the rest of your life. So I did it. And I've been playing. I, I recommend it. It's, you can do it. It's only four strings. I think we will give it a shot. Why not?
2: Why not? That'll be the closest I get to Tony Danza playing the ukulele. So uh, for folks who want to go see this, and I'm telling you folks, you've got to trust me, Tony is really good standards and uh, stories. Well, where can folks, what's the easiest way, Tony, to get tickets for this great show?
8: You just go on 54 Below's uh, website. And, and by the way, 54 Below is one of the great places to see a, a show. It really is one of the best places to see a show. Uh, it's, one, it's the most fun for a performer. And the audience, it's just such a perfect room. So uh, come on down. 54 It'll Below. in be New York Place.
2: Hey, Tony, what, what avenue was that on? 54th and what?
8: It's it's 54th between Broadway and uh, an uh, and ace. Gotcha. Okay, beautiful.
2: 54 below, Tony Danza. What an amazing career. Taxi. I'm sorry about Mary Lou. Uh, uh, who's the boss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you scared me. Those <laughs> I was thinking of somebody else. There was a very famous... Very, very famous, attractive TV actress around Mary's age, because Mary Lou's like 70 years old now. But I forget who it was. Yeah. But, um,
8: but anyway, we you all, guys. We're all about that age now, you know. Is we're that right?
2: That you're not it's 70. It's unbelievable. You're not 70, Tony. You? I'm
8: 72. I'm you're 72. 72? Yes, and I could go 10. I'd lose, but I'd go the distance. <laughs> oh, I know. No, listen, uh, for, for folks that don't know, Tony
2: Danzo was a great boxer, so he says he can go 10. He means it. And I see him all over town, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco concerts and restaurants, and you uh, look great, man. You do. You look great. 72. God bless thanks, you, buddy. Well. God bless you. Yeah. We, we'll China's- check your show out.
8: Hey, I so appreciate it. Tell, hey, tell Bernie I said hi, all right? You got it, brother.
2: You be well, and, and good luck, and okay. good luck with the booster. And might tell him when your daughter's wedding. My daughter's going to college tomorrow, so i got my own issues. Uh,
8: Congratulations. You- hey, that's big, too. Congratulations. Thank you, that's Tony. Wonderful.
2: All right. All right, buddy. Okay, so all the care. love. Take care. There he is, Tony Danza, Taxi. Play that again. I like that, that taxi uh, theme. Such a great show. Judd Hirsch. Jeff Conaway played Kanicki in Greece. He's dead now. Andy Kaufman. Mary Lou Henner, Carol Kane, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd.
3: What was he? His name was Jim uh, Ignatowski.
2: Oh, my God. He was so great in that. Let me tell you something. Louie, I I That is a really good impression. There's not
3: much to do. All you have to do is stutter and look like Oh, that no, was great. But he was great. And yeah. yeah.
2: then he went on, to, of course, to all those Back to the Future movies with uh, Michael J. Fox. So that's a uh, great job there, Tony Danza. Thank you. <laughs> Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat
1: Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie.
5: All right, it is time for the Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie contest. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water you Just Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, they are America's best built boilers. The game is also brought to you by a big pile of salami. How do you like that? Lou?
3: You're about as funny as a ounce of salami. Oh, I'd like you to move on. Well, I actually,
5: I actually happen to think salami is hilarious. So, thank you. I'll take that I as a can't compliment. Can't even tell you what Phil said. You so. might be the first man to ever get beaten to death with a stick of salami. Was that on the air? Did Phil say that on the air? No. I will have, I have him castrated. Okay. Oh, well, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Great. Salami. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let's get into the game. Our contestant for today, Mark in Brooklyn. He works in healthcare. How do you do, Mark?
11: Good morning, sir.
5: How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Would you like to elaborate on your profession? What do you, What do you exactly do in healthcare? Uh, yeah, sure. I own and operate assisted living facilities. Oh, okay. How about that? Very cool. Can are you he... take Justin, yeah. please? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not oh, there. Sure. Louis. We'll God. We'll
11: dedicate a wing to him.
5: Yeah. Yeah. A whole wing. You can call it the I'm Justin Ellick wing, if uh, if that <laughs> sounds good to you. All right. Sure. Uh, all right, Mark. Let's uh, Let's dive right in here. We're gonna blow through this thing, and hopefully, uh, you'll uh, make Sid look stupid. Are you ready to go? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one, which former president owned the MMA promotion and clothing company entitled Affliction, which was defunct in
12: 2009? Uh, Justin, can you please repeat the question?
5: Sure thing. Which former president owned the MMA promotion and clothing company entitled Affliction, which was defunct in 2009?
11: Was he a president before
5: 2009?
11: No. Donald Trump. (laughs)
5: I feel like I gave it away.
6: (laughs) You You got me there. You just asked me. It was a quick question, and I answered it quickly.
5: I didn't even think. All right. We'll give it to you there. Uh, We'll give it to you there, Mark. One for one. Number two, what actor's breakout role in the sitcom Happy Days as Chachi celebrates their 62nd birthday today?
8: Oh. Oh. Mm, Oh, you
5: got me there. Give me a guess. Give me a guess. One. uh, Repeat the question, please. Uh. What actor's breakout role in the sitcom Happy Days as Chachi celebrates their 62nd birthday today?
8: Uh, I don't know this one, but Jeff Daniels. Ooh. Wrong, you two legged back of anthrax, Jesus.
5: <laughs> Scott Bayow would be the correct answer. Yeah. Had him on. Uh,
15: well,
3: boy. Yeah, had
5: him on, boy. Y- had him on yesterday, I believe. Uh, all right, number three, here we go. Yes. Uh, one for two. What disgraced former owner of the Los Angeles Clippers was banned for life and subsequently forced to sell the team? due to a series of racist remarks he made in private.
15: Donald throwing ah! Two for
5: three. Number four. Amazon is based in which U.S. state? Washington. Ooh. Ah! Three for four. Number five. Today is the seven-year anniversary of the death of which Yankee great that is fourth all time in career home runs amongst catchers. Yogi Berra. Bam! Huh? Oh my. Four for five. Wow. Damn. Woo! That was pretty good out of you, Mark.
14: Yes, sir, thank you.
5: You didn't cheat, did you?
14: No, I'm driving, so How no. Can he cheat? And three.
5: <laughs> I don't know. These these uh they find know. they find a way sometimes.
3: <laughs> You're very suspicious, Sloppy yeah, yeah. head.
5: All right. All right, Mark, we'll uh, hang out on hold. You get a chance to talk to the big guy here, share a salami Thank sandwich you. in a couple minutes, okay? Let's do this. How, are you, how, how, how do you feel? Good, come on. I gotta go. I where are you going? I gotta pick up Gabe at school, today. Yeah, but you can't early for a big softball game. I tell today. you this all the time. You're like, I gotta go. leave early. Go. Let's go. Let's go. <sighs> which former president owned the MMA promotion and clothing company entitled Affliction, which was defunct in 2009? Former
2: president? Yes. Owned affliction?
5: You yes. gotta go Barack Obama, I
2: guess. I
3: you won't. Not. Donald Trump. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah.
11: yeah
5: Alright, you gotta right. go perfect to win the game, so you, yeah, you That's get, fine. You gotta tie now. You literally have to tie. Okay. You can't lose two days in a row. I can. Number two, what actors breakout role in the sitcom happy days as Chachi celebrates their sixty second birthday today? Is that is today's birthday? Yeah. Scott Bale,
2: let me text him. Happy birthday, <laughs> text. You said he's 62? Yeah. Oh, my
5: God. Happy birthday, Scott. We yeah. Love, we love Scott here. He doesn't even know who you are. Stop it. No, he has no idea. Say hi, Chachi. Hi, yeah. Scott. One for two. Yeah. Number three. Mm-hmm. Scott Baio loves salami. Number three. Please stop. What disgraced former owner of the Los Angeles Clippers was banned for life and
2: subsequently- Donald Sterling. Hey, There we
9: go.
5: I just wish
2: Scott Bayo a happy birthday. Very cool. I got Bayo, Machio, mm-hmm. and Danza in a week. Big. Very big. All my boys. Yeah. All Italians. Yeah. None from Chappaqua, by the
5: way. No. Yeah. Only Jews live in Chappaqua. Am
2: I? <laughs> Number three. <laughs> the way
5: he said it was like, like, and he's Jewish himself. He's like, only Jews.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: you know, I was like. <laughs> I like We yeah. really yeah.
7: should clarify to most people that you are Jewish. Hey, hey, right. Listen,
5: I got nothing against the Jews. Right. I got uh-huh. it. Number yeah. three, what disgraced former owner of the... Uh, I already did that one. Buzzles number <laughs> Number four, Amazon is based in which U.S. state? Amazon? Amazon. I should know this, right? Yeah. It's pretty much as far out as... I know, as it's as Washington. As, boom. Could have
2: been... Uh, we could have headquartered in Queens, but AOC and uh, that Japan something or other. Mm. Queens Assemblyman's an idiot. Yum. Forgot his name now, but uh, me and Bernie didn't like him, so. All right. Well,
5: it wasn't Jeff Andrew. He became a Republican, a Jersey guy. He didn't load them enough if you can't remember his name. Well, that's true. Good point. All right. Uh, What do you got? Uh, Three for four. Here we go. To tie today's game, today's the seven-year anniversary of the death of which Yankee great that is fourth all-time in career home runs amongst catchers? He died seven years ago? Seven years ago. Georgie Posada.
3: Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be oh, What? What are you what? talking about? I don't know. Are you even,
5: months in, I don't. It's Yogi Berra, Yogi. And, and Jorge Posada was at Derek Jeter's ceremony a week ago. He's right. not dead? I just saw him <laughs> walk down third Avenue. Well, he's about. having dinner tonight with Barry Luenner.
3: Right. <laughs> I just saw him a couple of years ago, I think.
2: Unbelievable. Oh,
3: he wears a catcher's mask.
2: <laughs> I didn't. the dead part, it, it didn't really register the dead part. So, yeah. yeah. I pretty much said it as, All as right, well fine. as I could uh, Mark, it. congratulations. You win. Uh, what does he win? I, I don't know. we got to send him something. Now. All right. Well, congratulations, Mark. It's a big day for you. <laughs>
8: Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Sam I, wanted, I wanted to call. I wanted to tell you, uh, Labor Day weekend, I met you in the gym
11: in Monticello Sunday morning, and you walked in. And I, I was on the treadmill. I, was, you know, I know these kind of things. You know, you want to have your private time there. But I said, good morning to you. I said,
12: I'm a big fan. And you walked out of your way to come over to me to I, remember. I remember.
2: And I remember. That's you, nice. huh? That's you? We,
12: That's me. That's me, yeah. Uh, you yeah. were
2: very, very nice. In fact, my wife, Danielle, was running a couple of treadmills away from you. But um, I remember it very, very well. You were very nice. and It was my pleasure. So thank you for bringing that thank up.
11: Thank you. Yeah. And my brother lives four houses away from
15: where you grew up. And I live down the block from Madison High School.
2: Oh, my God. We're practically related at this point, Mark, you and Pretty I. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, God so bless so. you. Thank you for uh, playing today. Thank you for the Thank kind you. welcome up at the uh, the gym in Monticello. And you be well. Yeah. And happy, uh, happy Happy New Year, New Year by you. the way.
11: Yes. Shana Tova to you. And please send the best to Bernie. We're thinking about him. And uh, sure. God bless him. You got it.
2: Chag Sameach. Yeah. Lashana Tova. Happy Rosh Hashanah. All of it. The High Holy Days coming up, folks. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and um, Sukkot. By the way, I'm going to be out on Wednesday, October the 5th. I will not work. Yom Kippur, I can't do that. My father will come down from heaven and kill me. So that is one day I have to miss. So I'm meaning if you're listening or Chad or John, I cannot work Wednesday, October the 5th. <laughs> Yom Kippur. My father will kill me. That's how I let people know. I won't be here on October the 5th. So there you have it. We'll come back in a uh, close shop. What an amazing show this was right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Beat Party. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway (laughs) track. Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: So Ava leaves tomorrow. Everybody knows Ava was a big tennis player. She played with Rick Macy down in South Florida. So did Venus and Serena Williams. It was a big part of the movie with... Keep my wife's name out of your mouth, Will Smith. I got a book in the mail, just now. Surviving Junior Tennis, an Athlete's Tell-All Guide on how to homeschool, crush your competition, and tackle your tennis goals. Another lady, named name is Alana Wolfe, but her father, Dr. James Wolfe, sent me the book. Alana played for Rick Macy, went out to play tennis at Princeton, and now works as a lawyer, like my wife, here in New York City. And I love when dads get involved with their daughters with tennis. I did it. Picked up Ava every night. Every night. And now she's going to college. It's killing me. Anyway, I do want to. You'll make it. I'll make it, You're yeah. going to make it. Yeah. She's,
8: she's, Thank God Danielle's sh- taking her. She'll be coming <laughs> back, too. Nah, well,
5: what Hope if she so. falls in love? Will you shut up? Stupid. What if she finds, like, a nice whales, like a whale, whales man? Fine. Anybody but you?
3: Oh, jolly good. How are you? What
5: do they, <laughs> they call them? Whalers? They call them whalers. What about what they
2: are. Uh, thank all the guests today. <laughs> Curtis Sliwa, Anthony Weiner, Bobby Valentine, Bill O'Reilly, George Pataki, and Tony Danza. Got a great show planned for tomorrow as well. For Lou Rufino, Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz, Macedonia Phil, Deb Valentine, Jacqueline Carl, and the Ukraine. We'll all be back again at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Until then, from all of us to all of you,
6: peace!